0: Welcome to episode fifty-five of Both Down, the number one Blood Bowl podcast.
1: That's listened to by Prince. Dude, oh, seriously, oh. Prince Moranian. Oh,
0: that's not even cool. That is Fat Finley there with a too soon joke, <laughs> if you could even call it a joke. I don't
1: even know if it's too soon.
0: It's like right now. It's not right. It was like ten hours ago. Ten hours ago, but still. It's, it's a sad day. China and Prince have both died, and somewhere Jewel is freaking out. <laughs>
1: Welcome, everybody. This is Scott Prime.
0: And Kilowagi.
1: Steve. Uh, yes, Steve. How come we never mention like, your fake last name? Oh, I don't have a fake last name. I have a real name. <laughs> you have a fake one. What is it? It's um Steve. No,
0: that's a first name. Cat Crusher. Would not be, I would not accept that name. But <laughs> <Let's laughs> if you
1: meant Pussy Crusher, yeah! <laughs> Let, let's talk about cats for just a second. Okay. Today on Facebook, you posted a cat giving a high five. I sure did. It is high five day. For high five day? Mm-hmm. But the cat clearly looks like Adolf Hitler.
0: I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Just because he was giving a heil. it's a high five.
1: The funniest thing about your Facebook post was Kent, who is known to dress up sometimes in blackface <laughs> to mimic his favorite Pittsburgh Pirate baseball players, was like, "No, dude, that's a uh, that's Hitler cat."
0: <laughs> yeah, well, he's very sensitive.
1: <laughs> we uh, also
0: posted a picture to our uh, Facebook both down feed of two cats fighting over swag we sent Rudiger. I saw that. That's pretty awesome. That was pretty cool. They're really fighting. <laughs> that's what's cool. It had to come from a house that had cats or something. So if you can't tell, my voice is almost gone. It's better than it has been. That's
1: why the podcast has been delayed. Well, that's part of it. It's a lot of it. <laughs> no, it is. Yeah, Steve's been... Somehow under the
0: weather. I think it's allergies. I think it was a combination of my, I got some type of illness and then allergies on top of that.
1: Well, my eyes have been like itchy and gooey the whole yeah. last couple of weeks. Itchy and gooey. That's, uh, not, that's never a good term.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. You ever get your eyes gooey, you know, <laughs> like you poke them and it just goes squish squish, squish. <laughs>
1: Just saying that they've been itchy, so I'm assuming that's allergies too. Yeah, so I guess it's that time of the year. Unfortunately, so what's the word, man? On what blood bowl stuff? On anything blood bowl stuff.
0: Life started a league, and I've I know
1: isn't that amazing?
0: It's finally
1: a, we've taken a long break, and our leagues finally started. I got a win in. You did. You should win it all. <laughs> yeah, that's a damn good team. One one podcast before the season's over, we're going to talk about your dang good team. Yeah, we might. I mean, I have no problem with it. And all you guys are doing is killing all the players that I've wanted to play with. Right. All Scott's teams. that to be fair.
0: My my uh, chaos dwarf team. I have a star player, Habo, uh, who is block, pro, sure hands, dodge. I think, right? No sure hands. Block, Dodge Pro. Block, Dodge Pro. I thought he had something else. I think Does you these?
1: have another one with sure hands and block.
0: Okay. I've got block on almost all of them. Right. But that guy almost died.
1: <laughs>
0: Luckily, I have an apothecary who earned his keep.
1: Yeah. I had a tough game with my Chaos Pack team versus uh, some orcs. And I thought I was going to be down players. So I used my apothecary early, which I should have saved for my star player. League MVP Minotaur, Halleck the Manville. But I didn't. Yeah. And about two plays before the game ended, he gets strength busted. Uh, so guy was a beast. He was a beast. He set the record for casualties in our league last year. And um I can't retire him. I should. You <laughs> really should. I should retire him. Because he's only worth fifty thousand more than he should be. Right. So he has um But he has, you know, piling on, stand firm, juggernaut. I think that's all his skills. But He was good at one point, yes. But now he has four strength, and I know I should cut him Mm -hmm. and be efficient, but I just, from the role-playing side, I can't do it. Mm. He's the league MVP. I understand. He has fan favorite. Yeah. And he still has four strength, so that's going to be good in most cases.
0: Right, until he gets strength busted
1: again. Well, at that point, then you must say it's fate <laughs> and that he can't hang anymore. Right. <laughs> Three-string Minotaur. No, thanks. I'm bringing him back, though, at least for a few more games. We might try to ride out this season. and
0: Might be a little crazier with him.
1: <laughs> well, he might just become a lineman yeah. instead of, like, my, my blitzer. I can see that. I've used him way too much for that, and that's probably why he was wide open to get hit and pounded. And Yeah. But there you go. And i also playing with my Nurgle team. Um I have a guy who has a strength plus one and strip ball. And uh he got strength yeah, beast man. He got strength busted. Or Pestigore, excuse I'm me. I'm sorry, yeah, Pestigore. And he got strength busted as well. And um no region, so he's gonna Ooh. get cut. He's not worth <laughs> no. <laughs> just having strip ball on. No loyalty there. No loyalty there. So um two big blows for my my two teams and what sucks about the Minotaur is is that that's the only reason I brought that team back this year to play that season. Yeah, but well, that's what happens. I'll just have to win it all in that's his, his honor. Blood Bowl, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. It's going to be an oncurring theme about getting beat up. Very well, could be. <laughs> Luckily, my slang
0: survived. So they're going. These have a shit schedule. <laughs> they have like the worst schedule. I don't remember who they all. Facing, but it's bad. It's like Chaos Dwarves, Chaos Dwarves. Well, it doesn't
1: help that you only have 11 Chaos players. Packed. No, nothing on that team it helps. <laughs> You're the one who played Slam. I know.
0: And I'm playing them um, how I wanted, not smart. <laughs>
1: two Me- Meaning what? No catchers? Right, no catchers
0: and with No Crocs re-rolls? Uh, I started with two. Which is not enough. I'm up to three now.
1: That's good. Maybe that'll help you out. It'll
0: help. It won't help enough, but it'll help. Any other uh, fantastic Blood Bowl news? A lot of Kickstarters going on, Indiegogos. Yeah, there's a lot of those. I did actually sign up for the Pro Box by Iron Golems. You did? Yeah. It looked too good. And for like, it's like 180 euros, which comes to... It's that much? I, I got the top end level. So for 180 euros, which is like 205 bucks. Mm-hmm. I get the box, which has the field, the two dugouts, and both teams, and all the accessory pack, and the the tokens, and this and that, and these and the others. So let's play like I'm stupid. Yeah. What is a
1: Pro Box, for those people who don't okay.
0: know? Pro Box is a new, I'd say design, but it's not really a design. It is a functional Blood Bowl kit, I guess is a way of saying it. So they've got a fold-up pitch, folds into eights. You take that out of the middle, and then it also has two dugouts. Those dugouts hold your team. So when it's transporting, your team's held in there. And then you can open it up and fold it a certain way, and it becomes a dugout with... uh, place for the knockouts and reserves and injuries as well as it has a magnetized scoreboard and turn marker and all that.
1: Does it also have like stands for
0: and with the higher levels you also get stands for the sidelines. You get banners and
1: all kinds of just like accessories. So for years we have talked about making our own field. You just decided to purchase. Well, this a is an addition too. I mean I mean it, it could work though for that.
0: Oh yeah, like if you had an actual fold-up field. I don't right. know the dimensions, so I'm not going to say one way or the other. But
1: it's—I saw the the graphics and stuff. It's really nicely. It off and it does look really so, good.
0: Yeah. And like I said, it comes with two teams, and it's mostly complete teams. I'm not sure exactly, like if they get all of the stretch goals, then it should unlock most of the players. Might need to add an assassin or two or something like that, but.
1: What's the teams?
0: The teams are human and dark elves. And they look hmm. really cool. And they're resin. But they look like good quality resin instead of other stuff. But we'll see. Uh, it ends, I think, Mar- May 5th.
1: So you have a few more weeks. Yeah. Well, about two a weeks more. if you want to get in on this. The low pledge level for the box and just the field part... It's not a bad price. I thought it was like sixty bucks or something. Um, I think it was like sixty five. I'm not positive, but no, it wasn't bad. I was tempted to, but
0: and it's the same company that did the the what were they called? The
1: iron golems, iron or the, the dwarf. <laughs> what were they called? The not the forge, iron forge, forge fathers. No, that's no. The, <laughs>
0: yeah, the iron forge, whatever it is, the ones that you got. They they're really nice.
1: Everybody wants to call them the Iron Golems, but it was something. That's okay. It was the dwarf team from Iron Golems,
0: right? And they're really nice, and they came, and you really like them. And I've seen them painted up. Oh yeah, they're they're
1: great. No, I think the quality of the products to be amazing, but I got I stopped watching like a few minutes into the video just because I didn't want to be tempted to buy it. Since yeah, I don't have any money. So, and I honestly think that the video should show it
0: better. Like I'm. Pretty sure that you hold your teams inside the boxes, but it didn't, like, show the inside. Maybe they're not custom foamed yet or something. I don't know. Uh, he, I posted it on the Facebook thread and or the page, and the guy who owns the company, Rick, I guess his name is, uh, said if I had any questions, he'd be happy to answer them. Hmm. So I might send him some questions that I might tweet out or tweet or Facebook out some
1: responses. For people who listen to other Blood Bowl podcasts, maybe you know Double Skulls, uh, Johnny over there. Yep, he's working on that project with Pedro Ramos (sighs) about the Slon team. And uh, Slon team. I saw the greens for the catchers and stuff today, or I guess it was the other day, but saw it again today. So I just like that that project's around the corner too. Yeah,
0: very tempting. I don't really need a third Slon team. (laughs) <laughs> At least right now. But it's sure tempting sure it. Sure is. <laughs> Not like I need a eighth human team or however many I have. Right. So I got second, third, fifth, third ed plastic. Um You
1: probably think you do need all that though. No. Come on.
0: Just finishing the GW stuff and then everything Which else. Which one optional. would you keep
1: if you could just keep one? The fifth ed. Fifth head. Okay. Yeah. Pretty could, easy. Didn't you land some World Cup ones? Oh, yeah. Is that
0: GW? I don't think so. I think it's
1: technically Impact. Oh, okay.
0: Um, But yeah, the World Cup from two times ago, Human Team, with 2011, wasn't it? Or 2007. I don't remember what it was. I think it was
1: before the Yeah. It's probably
0: the 2007 one. They're ugly
1: looking. They have that big wild hair. Yeah. no helmets and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah, they're pretty ugly. Yeah, not not a fan. No but offense who ever made them. So. No, absolutely not. You suck. But aside from that, all right. So what are we covering today, Steve?
0: Well, I guess since we went to Buccaneer Bowl, we should do a pirate themed episode.
1: Arg, matey. Aye.
0: I. I, matey. Is it arg, matey? Well, they do args and they do I. I is more of a ship thing. Oh, okay. I am a matey, a scurvy lad. Whatever, dude. Okay. So, first up, we're going to go ahead and recount our adventures to the Buccaneer Bowl in Wichita.
1: Then in the second segment, Steve is going to take us back into some of the fluff, or the made-up fluff, or made-up rules, back to the Blood Bowl 2003 annual. Which got the stuff from
0: Blood Bowl Magazine 5 and 6. Right, it's uh, some
1: rules of what, playing on a a ship? Playing on a ship, okay.
0: Yeah, Um, the Buccaneer Bowl Mm. had their own special rules, but these are the
1: unofficial, official? Right,
0: unofficial, (laughs) official rules from GW.
1: And then in the third segment, we are actually going to uh, have some fun, and we're going to create our own pirate team.
0: We are going to do the pirates who don't do anything. (laughs) Just stand around and have some fun. I was going Somalian Pirates. Oh, I did VeggieTales. Oh. it's going to be completely different then.
1: Hmm.
0: Mine have sunglasses and guns. Mine have sunglasses and guns.
1: (laughs) I don't watch
0: VeggieTales correctly, I don't think. Is yours immune to the sunny weather like mine? Not at all. Huh. I didn't do any... I I wanted to do a weird add-on rule, but I went against it. But I'll discuss it later. (laughs) You really doing Veggie Tales? No, no, I'm not. I'm really doing Somalian pirates. I don't doubt that. <laughs> it's me. No, I am the captain. Now. <laughs> At any time during the game, one player can say that and become the captain. <laughs> I am the captain now. <laughs> one person's the captain. Who, if you knock that one down, injure it. No, I am the captain now, and you become captain.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna have like a. Super Bowl shirts on that say, like, you know, (laughs) Carolina Panthers, 2016 Super Bowl champs.
0: New England Patriots, 1985 (laughs) Super Bowl champions. There you go.
1: go. (laughs) This is going to be a great episode. Uh, It'll be something. All right. With that said, let's uh, take a quick short break here, and then we'll come back with
2: segment number one. Both Down is brought to you by Wizards Asylum, your premier source for comics and games in Norman, Oklahoma. Check them out online at their new home, wizardsnorman.com.
1: Alright, we're going to talk about some
0: Buccaneer Bowl. Held last weekend, which was the... The... I don't know. Not looking at calendar.
1: <laughs> 16th. 16th. Okay. 16th of April. It was a non-SCARS event, so it was not in our tournament series. Right. It was because we had won the weekend before, so we can't allow that. But and, um, that's okay. This was a tournament held at a mini-con that was like for miniature gaming and stuff like that. The Flying
0: Monkey GT, which was really just a 40K
1: tournament. They had other tournaments, but we were the second highest attended other tournaments.
0: Which is sad.
1: I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not sad, but... Or, or as of Saturday, we were the right. highest. There was still a Malifaux tournament. Let's see, they had 40K. They had X-Wing. They had either War Machine or Hordes. I don't I know think which I think it was a combination, both. Of, yeah. And then they had a Blood Bowl tournament. and um, Yeah, we, we got uh, 10 entrants, so that was cool. There was 11, but one, he,
0: one guy dropped,
1: so it'd be even. Yeah. But, um, no, it was a nice... Will
0: and Gabriel up there were nice enough to run it.
1: Yeah, it was a nice uh, smaller event. It was good. I really enjoyed it. It had some fun pirate rules. I like having the big attended events, but at the same time, the small events are fairly intimate and you get to talk to everybody, you get to have a good time with everybody. I would have
0: enjoyed it more if I was feeling better, but I was having fun. Yeah, if I would have had some more
1: sleep, then I probably would have enjoyed it too.
0: Because it's only two and a half hours away from us, really. So we woke up at six and drove up.
1: Right. And, uh, but it made for a long day. It did make for a long day. <laughs> so you want to tell everybody what you're taking?
0: Uh, what I or took, what you took?
1: What I took was the Rutgers Point Blue
0: Bloods, my pro-elf team. I had ten linemen, one with block, one with kick. Then I had two blitzers. Both with Dodge and Pro. And I took Jordell Freshbreeze, who's eight, three, five, seven with block, diving catch, dodge, leap, sidestep. And one
1: re That's pretty crazy. And you yourself? So I took a um, Norse team. Um but really they were a corn team. Right. <laughs> In the fact of uh now that I'm past my twenty four out of twenty four, I'm still trying to look for other races maybe in the fluff or from the blood bowl lore that I can mimic using the existing 24 teams, but giving myself some like preset rules on what I can and cannot do. So uh, I was going for a corn team and by corn team, I mean the most obvious uh, skill for them frenzy. is frenzy. Of course. And how hard it is to control. So since Norse, comes with a lot of Frenzy to begin with, I thought this would be a great opportunity to spam Frenzy and try to mimic a corn team. And to be fair, it has the protection of if you're spamming Frenzy, <laughs> at least you got some block on some of those players. Right. Um, so my team, they were also pirates since this whole thing about Buccaneer Bowl was being played on top of a ship. So and the special rules for that was this ship that before every turn, if you rolled a one or a two, you rolled a D six. And on a one or a two, the ship swayed back and forth. So Mm -hmm. you rolled the D eight and then your all your players scattered, you know, that direction. It made for a fun mechanic. So I went I looked in the second edition, you know, some of the I actually went to Laura Nuffle. And I was looking for maybe something... I knew there was an old team called the South Storm Squids from 2nd Edition. Which, when we played, we made them Norse for some reason. I have no idea why, but we did. Um, so I looked at the lore of Nuffle to see what team they were. And they don't have them listed as anything. So I guess there's no documentation of what team that truly is. The Make South Storm Squids. So this was a great opportunity to... I could do Norse like we played them back when I played Second Edition, and I can spam the frenzy to get a, a, a Norse worshipping corn team. So my team was: um, I took let me see here, seven linemen, three of those had frenzy, two wolf runners. I stuck with the corn theme of being you know violent and mean. I didn't take block. Um, I gave them mighty blow. I had two Berserkers, just like they'd come, you know, the block Frenzy, and Jump Up, and then I took an Ice Troll, and I also put Mighty Blow on him to go with the claws and stuff to yeah, kind of be more like that mutant guy for the quarantine. What is that guy called? The... <laughs> I, I, I want to say Plague bear, but that's not it. Oh, gosh. De- pit Demon? It's some type of demon thing. Yeah. Anyways, I can't remember their name right. Bloodthirster. Blood Bloodthirster. Bloodthirster. Yeah. Uh, in addition, I so I had <clears throat> I had the twelve players. In addition, you were allowed to take Sinbad uh, as a special rule for this tournament, and Sinbad came with he could play on any team, and he came with a skill called Sea Legs. And the special skill Sea Legs gave you the ability to, when the boat shifts, you roll a d six, and on a one, you shift with the boat; otherwise, you stand your ground. Did that ever come in handy? It came in handy a lot, actually. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Because there was a couple of times that I thought about it, because one of my players got it later on. We'll talk about the kickoff table in a second. Sure. But I just didn't care for the most part. Um, I guess
1: if you knew he had it, you could put him by the ball, and then he doesn't move. Here's the bad thing. Sinbad didn't play great for me. He didn't play bad for me. Yeah. He was... I really used him kind of like a lineman in some ways. He was I tried to run run a cage or a loose cage, and he was always on one of the ends of the cage. Yeah. That way somebody blocked him. He has sidesteps so I could move him around. Nobody ever attacked him. I think he took like one hit hmm. all tournament or something. I mean I had him on most of my drives. Well he doesn't I mean he's good, but he doesn't seem like a real threat. Right. I mean he was he was a fancy Norse lineman, yeah, uh, honestly, for my team, um, when building this team, i also I looked at the the corn team that's on online and yeah. I noticed that only four players on their team do not have frenzy, so therefore that 's why I have four linemen that don 't have frenzy, and I gave one of them sure hands to be my ball carrier, okay so I did go as maximum frenzy as I could trying to duplicate yeah. a corn team and it turned out pretty well, actually, I thought. And, you know, since I was taking Sinbad and they were Norse, and like I said, the second edition thing, we, we said that that's what they were. So I just turned these guys into pirates. Makes sense. Corn loving Norse pirates. Uh, I also had two re-rolls, and then I had an assistant coach and a cheerleader, which I thought, hey, that's going to help me win a lot of kickoff <laughs> results. And it, it really didn't. That rarely happens. No. So, uh yeah. Where do you want to go from here?
0: You um, want to just go over quickly who we played and everything? Sure. You want to do all yours first? We want to go round by round? We can do round by yeah. round. First round, I played uh, Joseph Kush Kurs- k- 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 Whatever their names are. Kurs- it starts with a K. Kirsch- Kersh I think. Uh, he played his Man team. He had a lot of bottle, which I had never gone up against before. I promptly knocked his ass out, so and he didn't come back, so that was nice. <laughs> um but he had a croxigore with with block and had sidestep on one of his skinks. Just kind of a basic lizard man team. It wasn't really that hard. Like I was I focused on his skinks. Right. And he focused on hurting me, which I kinda let him, and then I just kept going after those skinks and taking them down one by one by one. And it got to the point where, you know, I'm elves. I only need a few people on the field, especially with Jordell. Jeez. <laughs> All I cared about was having Jordell and my blitzers. Everybody else is up for grabs. <laughs> right. So people went down. I fouled people, you know, whatever. I just got rid of his guys as much as I could. But he hurt me a lot. But I didn't get any of my good guys. So I went up on him. I stopped him from scoring, I received, so mm-hmm. I stopped him from scoring at the end of the first half by using Jordel's, uh witchy elf magic, mm-hmm. being awesome, um, and then, like I said, just whittled him down, he didn't have enough skinks to score fast enough and won that one, I think I won it two to nothing, I want to say. Oh, good for you. No, two to one. I guess I did let him score. But still, yeah, I still won. Well, good. Man, Jordell, He's a beast. <laughs> I mean, like, I cannot state that enough. I I took him because he had sidestep. I figured with the ship rocking back and forth, mm-hmm. that and give t- sidestep to my two blitzers, he kind of made sure that I could... Tried to maneuver people to the sidelines and not go out myself. Right. Which did help. I had a lot of times that came in super handy. But that leap and five agility, just going into tackle zones, like three tackle zones, leaping in, picking up the ball, and then dodging out for not a one is just like, ugh. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it, and touchdown.
1: Oh, Steve. Yep, yep. Enjoying the, the pleasures of 5 Agility. It's pretty damn nice. <clears throat> so the first round, I played against uh, a guy who is... Uh, it depends how you want to call this. I would say he's a very seasoned vet of Blood Bowl. <laughs> I played a guy named uh, Kendall, Kendall Bowser. Um, he It was his first tabletop tournament. Um, When I sat down, Will explained it. He's like, hey, we got a new guy here. He's played... Online some. And then talking to Kendall, he's played over 700 games online.
0: Some. He's played some. Some.
1: So inside I'm going like, well, this guy's going to probably be a better player than me. Because literally
0: we have not played 700 games combined.
1: I'm almost definite that I have never played 700 games of Blood. Yeah, there's no way. And um, so... I guess that's the difference when you play online. You can really rack up a lot of games in a short amount of time if you want to sit in front of your computer because there's always somebody willing to play. Um, So honestly, immediately, I was worried because I was like, if this guy's an online game, if he's played 700 games, he's probably good. He's not one of those guys who takes his lumps. He's probably good at it, so that's why he plays a lot.
0: He may not know how to do a kickoff, but he knows how to position.
1: I'm glad you brought that up. (laughs) He there was a few little rules that he did not know, like like he set up for kick because he had the kick skill and he didn't realize that. Oh, it's half. It's like, no, it's not. It's you get to choose. That's the difference between tabletop oh, yeah, and side. Yeah. And I think he liked that a lot. Uh, his team was uh, four blitzers, uh, he took dark elves, four blitzers, a witch elf, a runner, and the rest linemen. He had three rerolls. Um, he had uh, doubled up on some skills, dodge, sidestep on one blitzer, dodge on one blitzer, kick on one blitzer, and then tackle. tackle Mighty Blow on one blitzer. So, you know, I'm thinking I have three three guys with Mighty Blow. I can maybe wear this guy down, maybe have a chance at this game. Right. For at least the first half, it is. it was one of, and I don't mean anything against Kendall, it was one of the most boring games I've ever played a Blood Bowl in my life because he played it correctly. He was very mechanical in, um, okay, you're going to hit my – I kick off to you. You're going to get those three hits on my guys. I'm, now I'm going to get him up. I'm going to dodge him away. Right. And then I'm going to blitz you one time with my guy, and then I'm going to back off. Mm-hmm. And that's how every play was. It was me blitz him, hopefully and knock him down and sometimes my ice troll would like to roar so he never did my blitz and we went back and forth with just one hit apiece on both sides so freaking boring was it the right thing to do of course it was um he actually forced me into a spot where i had to i had him kind of committed on one side and i decided to throw a little pass to Probably break it open for a score the next play. And of course, I fumbled the ball, so it was pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, story of the game. Um we ended up tying zero zero. Um we ran out of time. There was like one play left. But we ran out of time. Time was called. It was zero zero. My three mighty blow guys I think injured one of his guys. Jeez. His mighty one mighty blow guy injured at least three of my guys. At least three of my guys. He was hmm. breaking armor. And anytime that Mighty Blow guy of his hit my guys, busted armor, busted armor, busted right. armor. I was furiously frustrated. <laughs> so bad that I had to go get my little Walkman and listen to some tunes and try to chill out and not give up on the game because I was getting so. I was about to go on tilt.
3: Yeah.
1: I hate Mighty Blow. After one game, I can tell you, I hated Mighty Blow. I was mad that I took the skill because it's never. It's so situational. You think it's going to at least work every now and then. Yeah. But it doesn't. It doesn't. So I was really pissed at this point. But I got a tie, 0-0, zero, zero, and we move on to round two.
0: Okay. Uh, round two, I got uh, put up against Dave,
1: right? Was he the guy dressed like a pirate? He was indeed dressed like a pirate. So uh, some of the tie-breaking rules, <laughs> one of our guys... Which most people didn't read. Scott Hess, who went with us or traveled up there in a separate car, but came from from Oklahoma, came up there with us. He's like, why is that guy dressed like a pirate? Don't you think that's weird? And I was like, did you not read the rules? That was one of the tiebreakers, that if you were tied at a certain thing, it was uh, a talk like a pirate tiebreaker. And then whoever's dressed most like a pirate, this guy came full Full of the hilt. He looked like a pirate.
0: Nice guy. Um I guess he's one of their local guys.
1: You don't remember him, do you? No. (laughs) Remember when we went to Emerald City Cup? Yeah. And you're facing your Chaos Pack team versus a a Chaos Dwarf team, and he had had crap luck, and you just demolished him? That was the same guy with a longer beard. Well, you know, if you dress like a pirate, I'm not going to remember you. (laughs) That's just how it works. I was thinking the whole time, Steve doesn't know who that is. No.
0: (laughs) Steve doesn't remember anybody hardly anymore. (laughs) Steve's old. But, uh, yeah, so I'm playing him, and I I was happy because, like, one of the first things I do is knock one of his uh, blockers straight into the water and casualty them. So he's down a blocker, which is good news for me. But all that tackle just was a pain in the butt. So we're playing through, and he's going down the field, and he scores and kicks off to me. I think this is how it worked. Anyways, um, I had to do some elf magic to get the ball from him, pick it up, throw it, long bomb, catch it, go down the field. And, again, Jordell leaping and throwing, and just <laughs> amazing. Um, so I was all happy because my dice were working so well that I was able to tie it at the end of the first half. And then I'm going down the field for the second half, and I'm doing well, I'm doing well, and he's able to get a hit on me. I'm not too worried, but uh, because... I have my elves down the field and they should be a problem. But he hits me with his bull centaur and the ball bounces to the bull centaur who has two people around him and he catches the ball.
1: Well, that's that's, that's what cast dwarves do. Right.
0: So then I'm not able to take him down next turn, I think. So then on his next turn... He blitzes me with the bull centaur. Now he hits one of my guys that has sidestep. So I position my guy to where I think the best position is going to be because obviously he's just going to stop and not continue moving. No, he dodged away with the bull centaur (laughs) and got it and then went for it three times and got him and he was pretty much out of reach for me. And I could have, I could have maneuvered the sidestep guy to block him, and he would ha- he would have gone the other way, but I really didn't think he would do that. And if he did do it, there was a chance that he'd fall, and the ball would be near the sidelines, and that was more beneficial for me. Right. So I played the odds. Odds didn't go with me, and he beat me two to one.
1: Ooh. So. He went down. Only due to luck. I think I was dressed like a pirate. You he was be dressed him. like a pirate. My game two was against your game one opponent. This was Joseph Gesner, Right. Or whatever his name is. Kirschgeschner. <laughs> it's, it's fine. K. <laughs> Joseph K. Um, just like Steve said, he had Lizardman, uh, Lottle Bottle, which I've never seen before. And I didn't realize that guy had like all those kind of weird skills, like diving tackle. They're jump good, up.
0: but I don't know if they're good for how he played. Oh, I think he, he seems like he's a much better slon player or slon star player than he is lizards.
1: I think Joseph's style would have been better for um, Hemlock. Oh, definitely. No he yeah, because he wanted to maim people and hurt people. Yeah, he likes of. hurting people. I don't um, blame him. So our game started off. I got to kick off. And I thought, just stay in control as much as you can um i I was furious the whole first half because I couldn't injure anybody um, long story short, I was doing what you were doing. I kept hitting the skinks and hitting yeah. the skinks and hitting the skinks and hitting the skinks with my mighty blow guys, knocking them down left and right, never injured any of them jeez um. In this in game one, we had the boat move maybe three times, yeah in the first half alone, we had the boat move like five times in this game Jeez. so I was getting really frustrated with my mighty blow, and surprisingly, my frenzy when I was trying to take people off the pitch, um I got really lucky with the way he lined up, and he did it both halves, so he didn't <laughs> he didn't learn from this um he gave me opportunity to chain push a guy two spaces and then hit him with another guy on out, out yeah. of bounds. And he lined up first and second half the same way where I had an opportunity to do that. The bad thing was, is I rolled terrible on both those opportunities. I ate a reroll and then I rolled bad. So it worked out for him. But uh long story short, the, Frenzy pushed guys to the edge, and I was lucky that the ship swayed even in the second half. There was two upper, two times where I knocked three of his guys in the water because of the way the boat moved, and then the people got pushed out. Three people each time? Each time. Wow. So I really rode the sidelines on that, but I could never get them out, but the boat knocked them out for yeah. me. So um, if you fell off the boat from the boat swaying back and forth, you rolled just like if the crowd would hurt you. Yeah. Well, the crowd was beating up people left and right. So, like, I had his casualty box filled up, but I had zero casualties. But you didn't do it. Right. It wasn't until, I think, let's see, I scored, he scored, and then I had the last drive. You know, I had, like, four plays to try to score. It wasn't until, like, play seven when I broke an armor of a skink and knocked one out, which was my only injury with my Mighty Blow guys. Wow. I couldn't do anything to him. I was so mad at Mighty Blow. So mad. I was happy with the result, though. I won 2-1, to one, and it kind of looked like I was brilliant because I had this frenzy that kept his guys on the edge, which allowed the ship to take him well, is, <laughs> when it was ready. so That is
0: your play. I mean, that's what you wanted to do.
1: Yeah, there's so many times I could have knocked him out of bounds right. that it didn't happen. I was just, oh. and The ice troll up at this point. He's not breaking any armor with his claw Mighty Blow thing. It's just such a frustrating day he's the troll screaming and hollering i know i shouldn't be bitching and moaning because at this point i'm one in one win one tie but it was just an awful dice day yeah i was furious even somebody at lunch goes like why are you so mad you're (laughs) you're doing okay and i'm like i'm furious because it's not working how i want it to i was tweeting evil things i was cussing you out for bringing me and jervis johnson for creating the game and everybody else But we had pizza for lunch. We did. We went to a pizza place called Picasso's. It smelled amazing. Smelled amazing. It tasted tasted amazing. pretty crap. It didn't look amazing.
3: It was big. It had
1: big slices. But it wasn't that good. I bet that's the kind of place that there's something really good there. We just didn't get it. It's not the pizza. It was the cookies. The cookies were amazing. The cookies were amazing, and they were only a dollar. Kendall got some type of slice of pizza that looked really good, and he said it tasted good, too. It was... Honestly, if if we paid four bucks a slice for that pizza, we would have been okay with it. The fact is is that we paid... I,
0: 10- uh, I don't know how much I paid. I don't blah, blah, blah.
1: <laughs> I paid $15 I'd... for two slices of pizza and a drink, and it wasn't that good. Now, if that was $8, I probably wouldn't. Yeah.
0: I... I don't even know how much I paid, because I ordered two slices and a soft drink, and she didn't ring up both. <laughs> so then I was like, oh, that's not so bad. And then she goes, oh, did you get blah, blah, blah? I'm like, yeah. Oh, I didn't ring you up. So I had to pay another four bucks. I'm like, ugh. yeah, it was what it was. Yeah, that's fine.
1: But we, we got to share some pizza with uh, Kendall and Dave, the pirate, and um, Joseph Roberts from yep. Kansas City. So, uh, Speaking of
0: time. uh when we got back, my third round was against Joe Roberts. He is Hedonists, an amazing looking beast or a chaos team. Beautiful paint jobs. It distracted me
1: so much when I was playing. I'm just like, I don't want to hit these. If you ever run into him and you get to see this team, stop and look at how the guy who painted them numbered them.
0: It reminded me of Grebo's logo. You know how Grebo has, like, that slash of green? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it looked like. It was beautiful. It, it had a fading effect on the numbers. It was just so, so good. Um, but he had a Minotaur with Block and Claws, two Beastmen with Wrestle, Chaos Warrior with Block, and a Chaos Warrior with Block and Sure Hands. This one, his Minotaur was just not doing anything... We barely had the ship roll at all. I don't remember much about the game, but I I ended up winning two to nothing. I don't know if I heard him or if it was just... I think it was just elves being elves. Like I couldn't do anything wrong.
1: Well, that's good, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was
0: happy to finally score. It was two to nothing. Two nothing.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I mean, this is like right after lunch and I was just... (laughs)
1: Steve had food in his belly. He can't remember. Steve wasn't feeling good. Steve was just pushing through. So I knew by the matchups going into lunch that I was either going to play Joseph Roberts or Scott Hess. Mm -hmm. And Scott's in our league, you know, down here. And I definitely didn't want to play him because at tournaments, I think he's won like the last three or four times. Right. I have a terrible record against people from our league in tournaments. And I didn't want to play Scott again. Uh, he was playing high elves and that's who I got matched up against. Of course. Besides I, Joseph Roberts, I've never played before and you know yeah. he's a nice guy and I thought
0: Yeah, he was wanting he was happy to play one of us at least. Yeah, this until is until
1: I <laughs> beat him. <laughs> he's like, I hate you guys. Right. Um so gotta play your games, right? So it was uh my Norse versus the High Elves that Scott won at um Orle And um he had Prince Moranian. And he had uh, Soren Hightower on his team, two other star players, and a bunch of high off linemen, and I think that's in some re-rolls. I think it was a very plain team that needed those star players to do well for him to do well. I I think he had block and maybe kick on a guy or something.
0: How did the star players do? Because Moranian's never really – neither one has really leapt out at me and gone, play me.
1: Right. Um Prince Moranian got hurt really early, <laughs> really early. So he got knocked out of the game. Um, this game I dominated on injuries and KOs and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I beat Scott up a lot through crowd pushes and the boat shifting. Yeah. Um, I went up one Uh Game came back around to, you know, he, st- he got some players back. A little momentum started going his way. And then all of a sudden he rolled for a pass. Um, my disturbing presence on the ice troll actually kicked in because he ran up and he was going to pass. And I was like, well, I got disturbing presence. And he was like, oh, I better, I got to work around that. So mm-hmm. he decided to go for it um, to the outside edges with um, and Hightower, and he failed it. And then I think he loaned it and failed that. So it was he was stuck with you know, going down, which was a big deal. Yeah. And then uh I got the ball back and um long story short, I won two nothing. Uh it was probably a pretty frustrating game for him. It was it was nice to beat him at a tournament though for once. Yeah. So um going into round four, I was two two wins and a tie. I was two wins and a loss. I was still very frustrated with Mighty Blue. And for some reason
0: I guess because you already played him, I got teamed up with uh
1: Kindle? Kindle. Is that why? Well, I mean, when there's 10 people, and right. you play four rounds, there's only so many matchups. I think yeah. the two highest matchups, and there's bonus points at this tournament. Yeah. Um, so I replayed Kindle. So even if it was supposed to be me and Kindle mm-hmm. as the highest points going in, which I don't think it was, I think you and the Kindle had the. I hardly got any bonus points. Anyways, long. You yeah. were at the top table against Kendall, who I played. And, and at this point, he had two wins and a tie. Two wins and a tie. Right. And then I was playing Dave the Pirate, who had two wins and a loss, I guess. Okay. At this point.
0: Yeah. So why don't you go with your team, your game first? Then.
1: <clears throat> okay. So I played Dave. I was. Because uh, you're technically at second table, right? I'm at second table. Yeah. So Dave's team is exactly like Steve said, this Chaos Dwarf team. Um, I, too, some, a few times calculated that Dave's not going to dodge away with his Bull Centaurs because it's too big of a risk. Right? He, he really, really used those Bull Centaurs. And he used them, and he wasn't afraid to dodge with them or right. go for it, and it all worked out in his favor. So here's how our game went. Um, I was controlling the right off the bat. I actually heard a few guys. Like, by knocking him off the pitch and stuff like that. Right. And I was up by men, and I was like, this is awesome. You know, it's exactly what you want to do to, to uh, Chaos Dwarves. You want to get rid of the Bull Centaurs mm-hmm. and this and that. So, I'm trying to stall out the half and hopefully score at the last play. Well, then he starts beating the hell out of my team. I mean, anytime I fall down, my armor's going to break. And most of the time, it takes me off the field. It's, yeah, it's tons of knockouts. I mean, at one point, I had six people in my ko box. Um, he forced me to score. Um, I think turn five or turn six in the first half. I mean, I just couldn't. I couldn't hold out any longer. I just didn't have any players, and he was going to tackle me. So I went ahead and scored. You know, I think I'm learning, like, better to get the points and play defense. You know, don't sell yourself short on defense. You know what you're doing, and that makes people roll dice, and maybe they'll make a mistake. So I scored. I had him, I thought I played it right. I had him trapped and this and that, and sure enough, he was not scared to do a play where he handed off to a bull centaur, dodge away, run up the field. It's amazing how often that works for (laughs) him. And uh, he scored, so it was one nothing at halftime. Yeah, um, I luckily recovered quite a few of my guys. Uh, unfortunately, so one he re- nothing, or one one all. I'm sorry, it's one to one. Okay, um, he recovers a lot of all of his guys, I believe too. So we start the second half. I think it's ten on ten. Well, um, he starts to drive. To, um, no, that's not true. He. Something happens. Either he mispicks up the ball or something like that. It was like a, a quick turnover mm-hmm. on the kickoff. So I'm like, I got to rush this guy because I don't have as many players and I don't want him to be around me. So I put the he- heavy pressure on him. And I'm thinking probably next player, if not the next play after that, I'm going to go up two to one and then I just got to play defense. Well, we fight it out in the whole like back half of his his half of the, of the field. But he just starts Wiping me out every turn, at least a player, every turn. The last two or three plays, I think it was the last three plays, I had three players on the pitch. I had to turn into elves. Mm-hmm. I had two linemen and an ice troll. <laughs> at one point, the ball's at the midfield. And luckily, he can't pick up the ball. He keeps dropping the ball when he needs to do it. And you know when he did have the ball, I'd do a one-die-dot. I would do a dodge and then hit him with one dice and I knock him over. So I had to dodge this guy out. I went over, picked up the ball in traffic and I was just going to throw it like punt it downfield. And then I was like, I might as well throw it to the ice troll. That way if he misses, if I somehow roll like a five or six and the guy doesn't catch it, it'll be in this tackle zone. Right. And he's close to the end zone where I could blitz and maybe pick up the ball. Mm -hmm. I roll a six on this long ball, not a bomb, but a long pass. Yeah. I roll a six to catch it. I'm mad because at this point I already blitzed with the ice troll. So I can't move him. Uh, But I'm happy, you know, and like, now I put pressure on him. Mm -hmm. Um, Next play, he knocks one of my guys out. (laughs) No, he, he knocks the ice troll out tackling him. So now I'm down to two guys, but time is ticking. Tick, 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 tick. And we're running out of time and he counts up the squares and his only option is to hand off to this hobgoblin and dodge through some traffic. And uh, he misses the, the handoff. Well, in the next, the remaining plays or whatever, he pitch clears me. I hate to say that. Jeez. He actually pitch clear. He, there was one guy left on the field. And as soon as that happened, I just shook his hand and said, good game mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Cause I was just happy to get out of there with a tie. Right. And then I realized I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, you know, we're starting to put up our miniatures. I was like, you actually could go kick me if you wanted to, if you really wanted to get the bonus points with the pitch clear. Thinking it doesn't matter, he's right. not going to do it. Sure enough, that guy pitch cleared me. He went over and kicked me, <laughs> casual to me. He got the. I I never thought that would happen to me. Right. Ever. I, I thought there was a better chance of me getting last place at a tournament before being pitch cleared. So. Norse, tell you. I got pitch cleared with Norse, and somehow. I still tied that game one-to-one. So, I'm two wins, two losses. No. I'm sorry, two ties. And honestly, at this point, I'm happy because I noticed we have a lot of trophies. I figured I had enough points to get third.
0: You should get something.
1: I thought it was either going to be third or maybe best defense.
0: Right. So, so my last game is
1: against... God dang it. You want to call him Landon or Kenneth? I want to call him Leland. It's not that
0: I know. It's Kendall. It's Kendall. So my last game was against Kendall. That Scott has already talked about his dark elf team. I was worried about his witch elf because I know how good witch elves are. <laughs>
1: but he he didn't really use much. Use her much. I remember when you guys set up to play. He said it's just a plain witch elf, and I thought even a plain witch elf is pretty awesome, right. dude. <laughs> but <laughs> it's he, just a witch elf, <laughs> right?
0: So my biggest worry. Aside from that, and really the thing that came in the worst was his tackle guy. Because with his tackle guy, he was able to get my star player down. And Jordell went down a lot, but he never got hurt. He got stunned a couple of times, but he never went off the pitch. So he was able to just get back up and keep going. Um, so I believe I received the ball, worked my way down the field, and... I wanted to hurt him because I was getting a couple of casualties or a couple of guys knocked out, but I figured I should just take the score. So I took the score and played defense. And I want to say we had like five or six turns that first half to go. And I'm not the best on defense, but I think I'm better than I used to be. And I made my way, and I stopped him, and I tied up people. Because it was pretty, from what I could tell, it looked like he wanted to throw to his, essentially, outside receivers. He'd send two people down the field as options to throw to. So I'd always put an elf by those two. Like, he could knock me down, but I'm making him waste a hit or, you know, whatever. So I was able to tie up people most part, and then whenever he'd get the ball, I'd leap in with Jordell, knock the ball away. And just be annoying. So, up one nothing at half. Second half comes. He receives, and he's taking the ball down the sideline, but not like on the sideline because of the rules. About three squares away. But I have all three of my side, side step pieces, going down the field with him. So he's got his guy, and then a semi cage around him. And I would just you know hit with my side step pieces. And, you know, they have block dodge, so they're hard as hell to take down anyways. And I just kind of kept him on the sidelines for a while. And as I'm doing that, because at the time, he's got the ball with his block dodge sidestep guy, which is also annoying. And the ship gets a wave. And everybody moves one square closer to the edge. <laughs> so now he's like two squares away from the edge. And I'm still, you know, keeping him from moving down too much. So we're just like a little bit further than halfway or the line of scrimmage. And it goes to the next turn and it moves one square closer to the edge. <laughs> so now all of his guys are right on the line. And he tries to hit me. I maneuver. And I make it to where he can't move forward, so his guy's just kinda of sitting there. So his guy with the ball is in the square and he's got a sidestep. And I'm not falling into the trap of hitting him. I let him stay there because I can tell he wants me to hit him so that he'll go he'll move out and then he can dodge that, away. That's
1: a great point. In our game in game one, as we were running out of time and turns he sent that sidestepper out, yeah. which I based him, and um, he—I know he wanted me to hit him. Mm-hmm. That way, I would miss the hit, and then he would sidestep one step closer, which would have put him scoring within reach. Right. Because all you would have had to do is go for it to score, and I didn't. I, I didn't bite. No, I was so proud of myself because in the past I probably was went. Eh, I got a good chance of knocking him down. Right. <laughs> when I had
0: the sidestep, I felt secure enough that he wasn 't going to hit me, and if he did, I could manu- maneuver so with it getting closer and closer to the edge, now his ball carrier is right on the edge i 've got a guy he he 's got a guy right in front of him, and then I plug up the rest of the holes and then I blitz and I hit the ball carrier with one of my guys, and he has nowhere else to go but off the pitch. Oh, isn't that awesome? And I rolled both down. So oh. we both stood there. And he was happy. He's like, "Yeah, hey, I survived. I'm like, cool. You're celebrating too soon. So I moved up one other guy to do a chain push. I filled in another hole. Uh-huh. So I hit one of his guys, pushed him into one of my guys' which pushed him into another guy, which pushed him into the ball carrier and sent the ball carrier off the, <laughs> the edge. And he was pissed. Not like mad, but just like, oh, sure, can't yeah, I can't believe. it. So the ball comes back in, and unfortunately it doesn't go the direction I wanted. It goes more towards his people. And then the start of his turn, the the way the ship goes again one square to the side, Takes off one of my guys and three of his. Oh, gosh. And That's a game changer. It casualtyed one of my guys, but knocked out two of his and reserved one of his. But ultimately, we never had another kickoff, so it never mattered. Right.
1: Yeah, that's a game changer.
0: So had those people off, and he was able to get the ball. And I could tell what he was wanting to do. Again, he had people downfield, which he just kind of kept downfield so that he could throw. So, it was becoming the end of the turn, or end of the game, and we're at like turn seven. I'm trying to speed things up and getting everything done. So, time gets called, and I'm up one to nothing. And he's he's doing the whole thing of, oh, I could have, you know, f- just more time. I could have won or tied it. And I was able to finish out my turn, because we have even turns. Mm-hmm. So, I did what I was going to do, which was... I already knocked down one of his scoring opportunity guys, and I—it was the witch elf that was left standing, mm-hmm. and I knocked her down, and I casualties her. <laughs> so he had no chance of scoring. So it made it was more definitive. Going, nope, you're not going to score. <laughs> you don't need to feel like you almost got a tie. You didn't. <laughs> but I was so happy with my defense on that game. That was one of the best games of defense I've played. <laughs> Because <laughs> just maneuvering and how, because
1: he was good, like you said. Oh, let me tell you something. Um, he's from the Kansas City area. Mm-hmm. If he travels to more scars events, I would look out, folks.
0: Yeah, but I was very happy. So I ended the game. Or ended the day with three wins and a loss,
1: which was good enough for first. Yeah. So I won the whole thing. You won first, and then I think by like eleven or sixteen points. Yeah. And second place was me. Exactly. So, uh, which shocked me because I didn't get many, many bonus points, but I won the second. Well, I didn't get two. any
0: bonus points.
1: I won by two points over third place, which was Dave the Pirate. We
0: were freaking, Scott freaked me out because we were doing, I was a little out of it still, but we screwed up the math and Scott was like, well, he's got three wins and a tie well, see I did. So he's going or two wins and two ties, yeah, and he's got more bonus points than you, and I'm like,
1: What? Well I knew Dave got clear the pitch bonus points from me plus some other stuff, and I thought he had two wins and a tie. I didn't two wins realize and two ties. Two wins and two ties. Which with our points, that's the equivalent of having three wins. So right. me, you and him all had three wins and isn't coming down to bonus points, but I didn't realize Dave had a loss. Yeah. Going, which
0: saved my butt. Right. Because I had no bonus points, pretty much. And he would have won if he had a tie instead of sure. a loss.
1: But um, he didn't. Uh So exactly. he third. third. Uh, Scott Hess picked up uh, best offense. Um, Kendall picked up best defense. Um, I surprisingly of- got a uh, fan favorite for my team. Right. Which makes no sense. Well, here's the deal. There was 10 people there. I don't think anybody painted their own team. Pretty
0: much. That was the main problem.
1: And then the people voted, and there was a tie, so they just rolled off. Yeah. So, eh, it is what it, it is. Take it. I'll um, give it
0: to Nathan if you ever replied to
1: my email. <laughs> Joseph uh, Kirschner got most casualties, and then best sports went to Joseph Roberts. Yeah. And I think that's all the awards. Sounds right, yeah, I believe that's I believe that's it, all of them, yeah, so uh it was a fun little day. it was Especially winning that helps well, but it was fun anyways i I'm very happy I got second place. I didn't feel like I earned any victories or ties, but and I was <laughs> frustrated, um, but reflecting on the tournament, um, d- I, did, I didn't, didn't really hate go my over team.
0: The, we didn't really go over the kickoff rules, but they weren't too much different.
1: No, the the kickoff rules. There was, um, there was a kraken
0: could get you, or
1: yeah, there was a kraken rule.
0: You can get sea legs if the kraken does get you, right?
1: And and you know how you were asking me how that came into effect. There was a few times where the boat swayed, and my uh, Sinbad kept his ground, which other players were going to be pushed into him, Mm -hmm. and that allowed me actually a few times the way I lined him up. And honestly, it was by accident, not on purpose. It it's kept like three guys from getting, yeah, you know, just pushed around because he held the line.
0: Oh, on uh, that last game, there was a time before all the wackiness of knocking people off that there were, f- or it might have been after that. I can't remember, but there were the ball was right there on the sidelines, mm-hmm. and there were four of his people in an L around the ball. So, like, getting it would be hard as hell. Let
1: I me mean, guess. the boat moved? The boat
0: moved. All four of his people went one square away from the ball. I was able to stand up with Jordel, go pick up the ball, throw a long bomb.
1: Well, that's okay. That happened to me, but in his favor Yeah, <laughs> in our game.
0: That's what it was. It was after that because that's how I was able to clear the ball, but then he was able to knock me down, right. and he got it again.
1: So while everything on the – all the players on the pitch swayed back and forth as the boat moved. Mm-hmm. The ball stayed where it was at. It was just declared that it, it's a spiky ball. that doesn't right. move unless which, someone, you know, ran into it and then it right of... got knocked into it. Which I think was a good rule. Uh, I gotta admit, when I read the rules, it sounded kind of fun, but I didn't think it would work for a tournament mm-hmm. or a tournament, you know, that's timed and everything. I liked the rules a lot. Actually, it was a lot of fun. One thing. Uh,
0: I learned throughout the day that it's always best if just one person moved the models. Oh, because yeah, you would totally start right. doing one side, the other guy would start doing, and you wouldn't be paying attention. You get to the middle, and he would be like, did you do that one? No, I, I, I did. Did you? Uh, right.
1: In, in most of my games, I, when that happened, I tried to just let the other guy right. move him because that's what he wanted to do. So,
0: But yeah, other than that, it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I hope there's a Buccaneer Bowl too mm-hmm. next year. So it was a lot of fun. And I don't it's, mind it being a small crowd.
0: No. It's always fun to do pirate stuff too.
1: Err My Booty.
0: Treat me like a pirate. Show me that booty. Treat me like a pirate. Where's that from? Turquoise Jeep.
1: Their that, band. That's a real song? Yeah. You listen to a lot of crap.
0: Yeah. But it's good. <laughs> Flint Flossy and whatchamacallit. What is that? What's their names?
1: Okay.
0: I'm sorry. It's fine. They also do the song, How Do You Like Your Eggs, Fried or Fertilized? Oh, um,
1: that explains a lot.
0: Let Me Smang It, Smash It and Bang It. Let Me Smang It. Um, mm. Something about I Apologize to the Maid for Making the Room So Dirty or something. Hmm. A sound, lot of real, real good songs.
1: Sounds like stuff uh, maybe Brian too should download for his son. They're to classy. To. Yeah, that's yeah, what i That's what it sounds like. Yeah, real classy. Maybe Jeffro can let his son. Listen to those as Hopefully. well as wear a bow down t shirt. Yeah. Alright, well that wraps up Oh uh, do we want Near to Bowl. talk about Spanglers? Nope. Okay. We're not even gonna give them any credit. Basically, I we get teased a lot because all our tournament stuff is is talking about us playing Blood Bowl and eating food. Well, all the food sucked this year. It, so, it really did. So uh it it just sucked. Yeah. So we're not gonna talk about it.
0: Okay. Then we're gonna go on to segment number two. How to play like a pirate. Welcome back to Both Down After Dark with Stephen <laughs> Scott And uh, for full clarity, it's now been three days since we tried to record
1: Oh man, you broke the fourth wall Well,
0: figured they'd want to know There was a no-hitter, we had to watch the end of that And then we are like, oh, we'll just finish it tomorrow And then tomorrow became Saturday, and then Saturday became Sunday And now it's Sunday, so Yeah but it is after I, dark I did and shoot
1: Saturday night for girl time. So yeah,
0: so. and Scott and I are wearing matching both down property shirts.
1: Well, we are. We're kind of. Uh, gay I, like I thought we were just going to play it up like uh, nothing's changed and we did it all in one night. And you were being lazy editing it. But nah, okay, it's more fun doing this. So it's been three days since we last podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, was, people like to know what happens. <laughs> well, it also sure. comes into play because now I've gotten questions in and back. On something that we'll talk about later.
1: Oh, that's great!
0: So this segment, we're going to be talking about how the fluff actually dealt with playing on a ship, and it was hand. Oh, did I write that down?
1: Crap! <laughs> I don't think I wrote it down. I think it was uh, Blood Bowl magazines five and six. It's also in the Blood Bowl annual two thousand three annual. This is true. Which is where I found it. So yeah,
0: I have I have issue six, which had part two. And I was trying to find number five online, and I kind of found it. And then Scott's like, is this it? like, oh, well, it makes it much easier. (laughs) So essentially the fluff dealt with them trying to play Blood Bowl on a ship, which didn't exactly work out too well because it is a ship, and there's a lot of things that go wrong. And when there's a mast and there's holds and all this, crap, I should have gotten all the fluff about there was something to do about they outlawed it because they started getting Blood Bowl players instead of seamen to play. Okay. Like actual pirates and stuff. Okay. But then the Blood Bowl players didn't know how to do the ship stuff, so then the ship started failing and crashing and not being able to do the job, so it got outlawed. And they did an uh, elf by the name of Rugby, um, right. or whatever, R apostrophe H-U-G-B-I, came up with some rules. See,
1: it's that simple, folks. You want to have a pun name, you want to make a joke, right. just change the spelling.
0: This is much more rugby-style rules. Okay. Because, for instance, the main thing is the ship. You can't really do a kickoff too well when there's a mast. So instead of kicking off, they do a pitchback from the line of scrimmage. Same like, basic rules.
1: That's in rugby, too, right? Probably yeah. They do you something like that? Yeah, with you line up and at the scrum, <clears throat> and then
0: you sit to back. So it's more of a rugby style in that way. Um, might as well just go th- straight through and start with the weather. Okay. Because it is on a ship. So it's going to be at sea, so you're going to have different types of weather. Um, same 12, do two D6. If you get a two or three, it's called howling gales. And passes are only quick and short, and if the wave hits, you move three instead of two. And okay. We'll get to the wave in a minute. On four, it's a dead calm, and if the wave hits, you only move one.
1: Okay. Then we have five through nine. We have nice weather, the perfect blood bowl weather, or fancy fancy and ice cream is what it says in the rule book. What is what is that? It's fancy. Now you can have ice cream. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, fancy an
0: ice cream. Do you want to have an ice cream? Oh, okay. It's English. Do you fancy it?
1: Oh, okay. No offense, English. And then you have a, a 10 and 11 is the rain. Heavy rain makes the ball difficult to hold, and the deck slippery. This causes a minus one modifier for all attempts to pass, catch, and pick up the ball. In addition, players attempting to move extra spaces will slip and fall on a one or two. Ooh. I didn't realize you had all the fluff there. Yeah, I have all the oh. fluff here, too. You want to read what two two and three was, Howling Gales? Oh, sure. I don't have the fluff on my sheets. Oh, okay. Uh, two and three, the Howling Gales. Uh, strong winds uh, wind up the sea, and uh, it says Buffet the ship. Yeah. Making uh, passing difficult. Players attempting to pass the ball are limited to quick and short range passes, and the wave hits, and will move on a player's three spaces instead of two. Yeah, okay. So, it's relatively the same thing you have. Right. Right. But just no fluff. And we are I got fluff, you. So. Uh, twelve. If you roll a twelve, it's the raging storm. <clears throat> a terrible storm uh, has hit. Rain lashes down, and giant waves smash against the ship, sending sea spray across the deck. There is a minus one modifier on all attempts to pick up, catch, and pass the ball, and the players attempting to move extra uh, squares will slip on a fall on a one or two. So it's very similar to the rain. In addition, players attempting to pass the ball are limited to quick and short ranges, and any missed passes scatter six spaces instead of three. A wave will move players three spaces. So this is very similar to how we kind of do <laughs> Oklahoma Bowl, where it's the same weather things, but then they just increase and merge right. and stuff they like kinda that. they kind of combine. Man, maybe. Except we- scattering six spaces, spaces—that's I like that. Maybe Oklahoma Bowl should be played on a ship next year. I'm already digging the extra weather. But mm. I like extra weather. So. Yeah. Not everybody does. <laughs> you know how mad people would be if we if we did crazy weather at Spiky in addition to Oklahoma? Jeez. No. 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 Yeah. We would get, not be happy. We could have Destro make the weather dominator and <laughs> he's not around so Spiky Norman gets in there and controls the weather.
0: I like it. Cuz you got Joe, they travel different universes. Dusty died in different universe.
1: Yeah, something like that. Yeah.
0: Alright, so, as I said, the kickoff is replaced with a rugby snap, and they yell, hit, three times. And on the third time, they throw the ball back. You just use regular kicking rules, except you can't use a kick, and there are no touchbacks. Okay. So if it goes out of bounds, it just gets thrown in like normal. So, let's go to the snap table. On two, you get, there she blows! Just as the third hit is called, a legendary sea monster is woken from its sleep and rises from the deep to see what all the commotion is. Whilst the crew fight the thing off, the game gets underway but still manages to wrap its tentacles around some of the players on the field, pulling them into the water. Both players roll 1d6 to see how many many tentacles attack the opposing team. Randomize each attack amongst the on-field players. Each hit moves the chosen player four spaces towards the nearest board edge. It's the opponent's choice. Or as close to it if the fourth space is occupied. The same player can be dragged more than once, and the movement
1: can be- take a player overboard. I want to say right now, folks. it's crazy. These rules, from what I've read, are crazy old Games Workshop rules. Oh, yeah. Where it's very... It's not streamlined. It's very complicated, and you're going to have to have this book open, and page marked, and everything yeah. else. So you,
0: you play your game, and uh, if half yeah. your team dies, half your team dies. That's just kind of how it works.
1: Yeah, that's what the uh, Pirate Bowl is, or whatever this is called. What was this called? Um, in the book, it's just called All at Sea. The yeah, Blood it's on boats. Else. Yeah, it's close enough. But um, that's what it's called in the yearbook. So. I don't know what it's called. In the original articles.
0: Yeah, I should have wrote that down. I didn't. That's okay. This is why people need to buy the magazines. The old magazines? Not like anybody needs to buy those. Okay. And number three, we have Mutiny. Mutiny! The ship's captain has removed the referee from office, appalled at his complete lack of authority over the players, and replaced him with a man made of sterner stuff, i.e. himself. Despite possessing balls, a harpoon couldn't dent the sea air must do something to the pigskin. He doesn't know the first thing about Blood Bowl, meaning that for the rest of the half, no player will be sent off for committing a foul. At the end of the half, normal service resumes as game officials ply him with copious amounts of rum and send him in his cabin away from all the loud noises and excitement.
1: Neat. So that's pretty much... That's... What is it? Get the ref? Yeah, it's like the two result... Okay, so number four is walk the plank. Arg, you be a traitorous dog, and that be no lie. The ship's captain has a slight difference of opinion with one of the staff. Both teams roll 2d6 and add the number of coaches to the roll. Count both head, head coaches and assistants, which I always think is silly, because if you're the head coach, why even bother? Having an assistant? No, 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 no. You know how, like, you're playing Blood Bowl, you're the head coach, and you have assistants? It's saying add both head coaches. Oh, I see, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like plus one, plus one, doesn't matter. I gotcha. I guess it's just part of adding to their... It's the fluff. Yeah. Uh, The side that scores the lowest, both if tied, is forced to choose one member of his staff, the wizard, apothecary, coach, etc., to walk the plank and may, therefore, not make use of him for the rest of the match. So therefore, we would roll. Yeah, the lowest guy would be like, "Okay, that is you're the lowest guy. You're one of your cheerleaders, walks the plank, or apothecary, or apothecary." This is when
0: you could roster wizards too, wasn't it?
1: This is during the magazine time, which I did not play, but there was a lot of extra rules that a lot of people played. I
0: think you could roster a wizard because it says it's rostered. So,
1: oh yeah, I'm assuming so. I'm sure there was special expansion rules too. Yeah, and
0: then if you don't have one, you just lose a reroll. Is that what it is?
1: Uh, Make him walk the plank, and therefore not make use of him for the rest of the match. No, that's it. Okay, you just yeah. Yeah, I
0: got mine off of a website who is using the old rules for something. So okay, well this mine's different.
1: Okay, no, this one just means you like if you had one cheerleader and you made me walk the plank, then Hmm. if that kickoff you know for some reason happens, then
0: gotcha, don't get to use him. Uh, five is Yo Ho Ho and a bottle of rum. The captain leads everyone in the singing of uplifting Sea Shanty. Both coaches roll 2d6 and add their team's fame and cheerleaders to the score. The side with the highest total, rerolls tie, get a bonus reroll for this half.
1: Yours is fame. Mine's his fan factor. Oh, it's the same thing, I guess. Mm,
0: it's not the same thing. No, it's not. But this is probably. Mine's probably post the rule changes. Sure. So. Well, maybe you should just read all of them then because
1: you have the better stuff. <laughs> no, not necessarily. You don't want me reading all these. No. Number six, seasick. Some of the players start scrambling to the sickly swing. Succumbing
0: to the sickly swing.
1: Is that succumbing? Okay. Succumbing to the sickly swaying of the sea and miss the drive due to a sudden bout of nausea. Roll one dice for each player on the field. On a score of one, the player is unable to join the drive and must be left in the reserve box. Both coaches may make substitutions for sick players and reset their teams before the snap takes place. I find that interesting. That's not so bad. It's better if you have serves, obviously. Right. But I find that interesting that you can roll and then make adjustments. Yeah. That's not Yeah. So whatever. it's not too overpowering. Number seven, sea weather. The weather seems to be changing. Make a new roll on the sea weather table and apply the new result for the rest of the match or until you roll this result again. Is eight just quick snap? Yes, eight is quick snap on my thing, too. Exactly the same as the uh, kickoff table. Why go through all the bother?
0: I guess not everything's different. They just couldn't come up with an idea for that one.
1: Maybe they thought that was really important.
0: Hmm. Nine, she can't talk no more. I don't know why. It's Scottish, but it is. Scott's pirate. Mm hmm. The chief artisans come up to take a breather from patching all the holes. Because you can get holes that we'll explain later. Nobody can understand him. Roll 2d6 and compare the score with the number of hold tokens in play. If the score is less than the number of tokens, the ship has started sinking. Waves hit every turn. Okay. That'll make more sense later, obviously. And 10's basically.
1: Raid the Hole. Basically the same thing as our now. Raid the Hold, I'm sorry. Raid the Hold. Right. The receiving team call a classic fake play and smash their way into the ship's hold before snapping the ball. Before anyone realizes what's happening, the team grabs 1d6 times 10,000 gold pieces worth of booty to add to its team treasury. Unfortunately, this play allows the defending team to act before the receiving team can reset. Uh, so the defending team get a free turn, as explained in Blitz, on the kickoff table.
0: Okay, so this is absolutely nothing like what I was reading. <laughs> so um,
1: that's really cool. Yours is totally different.
0: It's a little different. It's different enough that I didn't think it was. I thought it was the same as the. That's okay. Blitz.
1: I'll I'll, do, I'll round out the next two. But things.
0: that's actually like that because yeah. you get extra gold, and yeah.
1: it's the Blitz for the receiving team. Right. That's cool. Before the receiving team, Let's see. Unfortunately, this play allows the defending team to act before the receiving team can re- reset.
0: Oh, okay. So the receiving team's the one grabbing the booty.
1: Right. Uh,
0: okay. So it is kind but, of the same, but the receiving team gets paid. At least for it. you get some money for it. I would not be upset to money sometimes. Like, you I get,
1: get... got a freaking blitz, but at least I got 60000 which allowed me to buy my ogre or whatever. Right.
0: Yeah. 11. Rock. A monstrous seabird searching for a tasty morsel with which to feed its ravenous offspring espies the ship from upon high and descends, giant talons outstretched, and attempts to pluck one of the players from the field. I love this. Both players roll a die, reroll ties. One randomly chosen player from the team that scored the lowest suffers the attack. <laughs> roll for injury straight away. In addition to, and regardless of result, if you score a double on the injury roll, The player struggled free, only to drop into the ocean. (laughs) So, only if you get doubles is he taken off the pitch. Otherwise, he's just hurt.
1: Right. I kind of want him just to be taken off the pitch no matter what. Well, that's kind of funny, too. Yeah. It's still still good. I I love the fact that this giant bird is coming down. You're like, what the hell, man? (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, 12, boarding action. The fans
0: overwhelm the officials with the direct assault on the ship and amidst the chaos and confusion, their team sneaks its entire squad under the field. Both coaches roll 2D6 and add their fan factor to the score. Which, I guess nowadays it would be fame, because right. of how the rules have changed. Right. Both teams may set up again with the highest scoring coach, both if tied, being allowed to field their entire squad without penalty. By the time a touchdown is scored or the half ends... Some semblance of order has been reestablished, and the team must set up normally. That would be hell. So if you're playing a goblin team that had, like, 16 players. Right. Bam. There you go.
1: All 16. <laughs> There's advantages in this uh, pirate bowl, or ship bowl, or whatever it's called, to having a full roster. I wonder,
0: with when the rules were done, if you pretty much had a full roster. Because isn't this... Now, I guess you made made your teams by that time and bought players, right? Yeah,
1: you bought your players and stuff, too. But I I think this was the time, and somebody out there can correct me if I'm wrong. If you were playing around 2002, 2003, I think they had the... I don't know if they had the inducements that we know today. Because there was a time where you had inducements where you'd look at the different monies. And then you would say, like, you get three rolls on the inducement chart. And you could roll to see... You know, like oh, I got a rogue wizard. Right. Oh, I got. She's got game. Okay. You know, it was like right. a lot of the card things, but you got to, you got to roll randomly to hmm. get those. So, but I what? wouldn't know. I was deep into hero clicks <laughs> at the time. Two thousand three. Mm-hmm. You were too. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I guess so. It's a long time ago, my friend.
0: I didn't think about. Yeah, I didn't think about the game being that recent. <laughs> yeah. Jeez.
1: So when did we start? Heroclix? No. Blood, Blood Bowl? Bowl? Uh, about 2007.
0: Huh. So the game really wasn't out of production that long before we got into it.
1: No, 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 no. Okay. It was around, I think, 2000, 2002 that I bought a copy. I got a copy from, like, third edition with that had, like, the annual and stuff in yeah. it for my birthday.
0: Okay. Hm. Just never put the time together. Well, um, the game, as previously stated, there are waves. So kind of like how we did in Kansas, the waves were done a little bit different. Hoping that this is the same
1: as you have there. Hey, you just want to take mine?
0: Or I'll just take yours.
1: Don't, don't trust no website, dude. Uh, apparently not. That might be some, some dude in Guam who just made up some stuff. He said, I don't like these changes. Now you just pissed off everybody in Guam. Well, there's about 4 people there, and a military base. Sorry, dudes. <laughs> no. I, I don't know. I'm Right. I mean, I, I know your source you went cuz you only had half the rules, but
0: Well, also, I just it was easier to copy and paste than sure. double check. No so problem. That was my bad. Uh, so in order to represent the waves hitting at the start of each drive, you get a marker and it's called the wave marker, obviously. And you put it onto the team onto the turn tracker to make sure you don't forget. And the template has a 1 as to the front of the ship, the 6 to the back of the... It's like the north end zone, south end zone. Mm-hmm. 2 and 3 is to the left, 4 and 5 is to the right. Right. Port, bow, stern, starboard, however. Okay. So you place the template at the side of the pitch as it is. So to find out if it hits, like I said, you put it on your turn marker. So if you like on turn 3, you roll the D8... And if it turns into, if it shows up as a three, the wave hits. I guess, what, a one out of eight chance every time? Sure. It's not too great.
1: But the waves in this is way different than what we played in Kansas.
0: Yeah, everybody moves two. So it's either forward, back, left, or right, depending on the D6 that
1: you roll. Right. It wasn't a D8. It was, you at one of four directions. Right. Which makes it a lot
0: easier, but not as fun. And it doesn't happen as often. But the weather changes all that. So when you move, like I said, you move uh, just two spaces. However, you can be stopped by a player or a a mast or an unmovable object, which we'll get to. And even if you're prone, you would get moved. And if the ball is loose, it also moves. Yes. So that's kind of different than before. Right. Because the ball would stay like I like the ball staying better,
1: but. I thought the rules we played up in Kansas with the ball staying was actually made the. really changed the dynamic in a lot the The dynamic of it, yeah. Yeah. People being knocked into the ball and stuff like that. So the ship, the uh, ball itself
0: will not fall off the edge because okay. it has a railing. However, and there's
1: no crowd out in the ocean to throw it back in. So that's Well, actually,
0: there is a flotilla. If the ball does go out by any other means. Uh huh. They said that there's a flotilla of... Well, this is for uh, people who get fought all that. So if the ball goes off, it gets thrown in by the guy in the crow's nest. Okay. But he can't control it well, so you do it just like the regular throw-in. So okay. basically the rule's not any different. There's just a little fluff behind it. Okay. Which makes it fun.
1: So but Technically the, the ball gets lost, and then that guy right. pitches at another one.
0: Okay. So if a player falls off, though... There is a flotilla of ships around with divers and rescue people. So you fall off, and you immediately apply your armor roll as an injury, or your armor value as an injury. So it's just to show that if you have more armor, you sink faster. So if you have a... except for trees, trees float, apparently. Okay. So there's no automatic... That inju- is
1: definitely... Coming out of second edition, third edition stuff. Right. So trees float. If you have a
0: if you're stunty and you have a five armor, or six armor, you just go into the reserves.
1: You get put back on. You're easy. Oh, I get what you're saying. If you have whatever eight or your nine, armor is, that's right. exactly what your injury is. Right. So, so if yeah. I had an ogre with for some strange reason a plus one armor mm-hmm. and he goes overboard, he's automatically casualty.
0: Yeah, he would be. Wow. And dwarves with nine armor would automatically be knocked out even though they're thick-skulled. Well, thick-skulled works on eights. That's what I'm saying. Okay, okay. Oh, well, yeah, sorry. Yes. (laughs) Right. I'm just saying, whatever. That's cool. But then once that does, basically they do this for each turn. The wording of the rules is weird, but it just goes onto your turn marker and you have a one in eight chance of... It happening every time. So if
1: it's my turn too, I roll the wave thing, and if I roll it right. to using an eight sided dice. Yes. And then, the thing then that, the wave that screwed
0: hits. me up is it says you use the scatter die. Oh, okay. Well, they
1: just say a d eight. I wouldn't be screwed up. But yeah. Well, it's it's the scatter die. I mean. Right. That makes sense. So what's some other little? I know there's some. Yeah. I just kind of breezed over. You gonna go over cannons? Sure. Um, cannons. There's one for each half of the ship. So so just to, in case we lost you, we're playing on top of a boat. There's a mast in the middle of it. Well, actually, you can have as many masts as you want. Okay, so you can tailor make your...
0: So basically, yeah, you do tailor make your board, and you can use it. You do it however you want. Okay. Typically, uh, if you do a mast, it takes up one square. It's immovable. If you go to it, you can't throw through it. You can't see through it. You can't... Walk through it or anything. Okay, it's like there's a giant mast. If you put it on the line of scrimmage, it has to go on both sides. Okay, so it takes so it's fair spaces. for both.
1: Okay, so the cannons also Canons, you customize those. You can have
0: them one for either half. It just says one square impassable, same as the mast. So it sounds like you just put them wherever you want. Okay. Um, now you can actually use the cannon. So The player standing next to the cannon may take a cannon action. You have to be standing next to it at the beginning of the turn. You can't move and do it, um, or you can stuff a right. So it's kind of like
1: throwing a bomb. You can't move and throw a bomb, right? So okay,
0: it says that you can put a right stuff player in it and use that. <laughs> so I'm assuming they would have to be standing next to it as well. It doesn't really state if they that have is to be awesome.
1: St- you can shoot a, a snotling or a goblin, or right.
0: That is awesome. I would judge that they have to be standing next to the guy. By the cannon. So they would would probably be allowed to be two squares away from the cannon. If that makes sense? Sure. He grabs them, stuffs them in. Right. So each cannon can be fired once per turn. And you choose an opponent and roll a single block die. So basically you get to aim it. And you get to choose an opponent. And then you roll the block die. If you roll a pal, it's a direct hit. They get knocked down. And you treat it as normal. If it's the dodge pal... Defender stumbles. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good shot. You hit someone, but not who you intended. <laughs> a standing player on the deck, opposing from the opposing team, chosen by the opponent, is knocked over. Roll is normal. So if you were shooting at me and you you're hitting somebody, but I get to say who.
1: That's still pretty good. Still good. Yeah. That's a thirty-three percent chance of taking somebody down. Yeah. Um. And, and I'm assuming. You having dodge and rolling defender stumbles doesn't matter, right? It's just a result on the it's a cannon cannon, ball. cannon it's ball. Just, Okay, it's
0: hitting you. Um, I will save the push for last. Okay, uh, both down. Our favorite it blast. The cannon doesn't fire. The player shooting it looks into the barrel to find out why, and it goes off. <laughs> and then you get knocked down and it rolls normal. Okay, and then a skull is bang, and the cannon explodes. You remove it from the game, every player standing next to it is knocked down. And if a player from the moving team falls, it's turnover. Hmm. Which, I don't know how a player from the moving team wouldn't fall down, since you have to be next to it to fire it. But, that's how it's written. Okay. So, the push is the interesting one. It's missed. The shot scatters three times from the target. Anyone standing in the square it ends on is knocked down. Otherwise, it goes through the deck, taking any downed player with it. Mm. So if this happens to be somebody, they get knocked down. If there's someone on the ground or if it's okay. empty, it just so goes, goes straight through. So this goes back to
1: your kickoff result, which was number, with the, number nine. Yeah, with she the hole, You can't holes. take no more.
0: Mm-hmm. So if the hole happens, like it goes through, you put a to old token on the deck. And you can no longer move onto that square by choice. And if you're pushed into it, you fall into the clutches of an irate crew below. And you roll injury. (laughs) And if the ball goes in, you put the scattered template over the hole and you roll 2d6. So you can repair a hole once after every half. Hmm. So if you're doing this a lot, you can get a lot of holes. And then if you get that kickoff result... You're going down.
1: It's Cannonball once per turn?
0: Yeah. Okay. But it's per person if you're by it. So you can do it 16 times.
1: Oh, both sides? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, If the ball gets scattered into the mast, it's destroyed. The sail falls down and you do a pitch invasion, basically.
1: Hmm.
3: Okay. Because
0: you're scrambling and trying to avoid getting hit with stuff. Which... I guess it says you it doesn't say you can just completely aim for the mast, but I'm guessing you can't.
1: I would assume that you have to have a target, which is your team, not yeah. not a space on the floor. That's no fun. It'd be fun just take
0: down the mast <laughs> well, Captain Rugby <clears throat> would not like that i that <sighs> he wouldn't, but that's the main rules. And there's, I think in the annual, which I didn't have a chance to look at too much, um, there's rules for walking the plank. And you can actually add planks to it. It's like optional rules in addition to the optional rules.
1: Hmm. Okay. But (laughs) it actually sounds like a lot of fun. All right. Can I read this really quick? Yeah, absolutely. This is in my, my book here. The Living Cannonball. Let's see, uh, cannonballs aren't the only thing that you can fire from the cannon. Players with right stuff skill have absolute trust in their teammates and are quite willing to climb into the cannon to attempt the ultimate crowd pleaser. The living cannonball. This action is played exactly the same way as throwing teammates, so it also counts as a pass, with the exception of the cannon replacing the need for the throw teammate skill. Though you still need someone to fire the cannon and it can't be the player you are about to fire obviously.
0: The Gonzo can- does it all the time.
1: Well, oh, that'd be a great name for a guy. Gonzo? <laughs> yeah, just to the incredible. Okay, I'm going to be real honest. Like I've always seen these rules and yeah. I've always I've read over them in the past and like yeah, they seem so-so, but after playing in Kansas, yeah. This kind of wants me makes me want to play this. We could do a tournament. Anyways, on. so uh <laughs> we continue on. Um so the living cannonball player must have the right stuff and be adjacent to the cannon to be fired. Okay, so it does say that. Uh huh. But is otherwise free to take his action either before or after the firing. Uh, choose your target square, any empty square on the field, Yeah. and roll the block dice applying the results. Uh, the pushes. Is it a bird? Everything goes to plan and the crowd roar with delight. Scatter the player from the target square six times and attempt a landing as normal. Jeez. Both down. The fuse fails to ignite, and nothing happens. The right stuffer climbs back out to see what the problem is and loses his action for this turn. Um, defender stumbles. He is, oh, ouch, eek. The right, stuff, uh, right stuffer tumbles out of the barrel with his trousers on fire. He is knocked over in his current space and must take an armor injury roll as normal. Uh, the pow, the explosion, the whoosh. The right, the right stuffer launches from the cannon like a missile. Scatter him from the target space six times. Anyone in the space where he lands is pushed back and knocked down. The right stuffer is also knocked down. Both take armor injury rolls as normal. If the space is unoccupied, there's nothing to cushion the impact resulting in the, light stuff, the right stuffer smashing through the deck just like a cannonball. The ship is holed, and the right stuffer counts as having fallen through it.
0: Uh, so straight injury roll, mm-hmm.
1: nice. And then a skull is boom. The cannon explodes, sending the little guy into orbit <laughs> in several mi- million directions. The cannon is destroyed and removed from the board, as is the right stuffer. All adjacent uh, players are knocked down and must take armor injury rolls as as normal. The right stuff player is never seen again. Not not one piece at least. Wow, I want to play this so bad now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Though as a consolation, at least he made his mark on the game. The stain will never come out. The countless people will get to see him, even taste what he's made of. And not all of them were even at the match or on the same continent. If the right stuffer should scatter into the mass, place him prone on the previous space, just like a ball, and roll the armor injury immediately. If he should, by chance, scatter into a a cannon square. Then any adjacent opposing player may immediately fire him back. <laughs> that is <laughs> awesome. Fire him back <laughs> following the above procedure. This is free and does not affect the t- following turn. So it's kind of like when you pass the bomb around. Yeah. Oh,
0: that is brilliant. So I'm thinking for the league, <laughs> if you can't make your match, <laughs> you, had to you play have on to play team. on a
1: pirate ship. <laughs> this, this we're gonna have to somehow figure out something to do with this, and just try it's it. A lot of rules, and maybe look at those rules that you found on the net yeah. because they might have. I think they were adjusted
0: for a tournament, so we make a little bit of adjustments and we kind of break it down easily <laughs> because there's a lot of fluff to it. I mean, yeah, the kickoff table is not too bad. It's just a lot of fluff, yeah, which is cool. It, it's You could just tell the time period that it was written in. Man. Stuff. Now so. I want a pirate ship. I've always wanted a pirate ship,
1: though. You have.
0: That one at Chaos Cup that was there the year before.
1: Yep. We went. And it's so nice. Yeah. Well, you could make your own pirate ship.
0: Yeah, but that one was so nice,
1: and I didn't have to make it. So he, here's what I say, folks. If Build you me want, a pirate ship. If you want to run a pirate tournament, Maybe look towards what the guys did up in Kansas. That was a lot easier. It was very sim- simplistic yeah. and easy, and it didn't take up a lot of time. Now, if you're at home and you're not running a full-fledged time tournament. Yeah. like m- This might be good to
0: replace one of our tournaments, like Alcorn or NIT. Right. Exactly. But, yeah. At a, an actual tournament tournament, all, that, all those roles and all the different stuff is just going to be a pain.
1: But this would be a, a great little side event for your your store league or whatever that you don't have time games. Yeah. You know, where you play one game a week or whatever. So
0: I have no idea why you would ever if if you carried a bunch of players, I don't know why you would put one <laughs> in a cannon. That's just way too risky. <laughs> well, this is back I mean <clears throat> Yeah, this is back when you actually teleported and Golly. went into people.
1: I want an ogre team. That way you could just waste it. Who cares if they're 20,000? Oh, that is true. <laughs> that is very true. Send them anywhere you want. Hey, snotling all over the place. Whatever. We got plenty. Once again, these rules are found in the Blood Bowl 2003 Annual and Blood Bowl Magazines 5 and 6. Yeah, the
0: the Annual's probably the best place to get it. I think it also has the plank rules, which seemed cool. Basically, just added on to the length okay. of the ship. Not a whole lot to it.
1: Well, cool. Well, but. Anything else you want to say besides, I know you're dying to play this now?
0: Arr. would <laughs> be wanting to play, matey. All
1: right, we're going to take a quick little break, and then we're going to come back with some pirate teams.
2: Bye. I mean, All
1: right, we're back for some create your own pirate
0: team. Build a pirate with Stott. With Scott and Steve. Scott and Steve. (laughs)
1: With Scott and Steve. (laughs) All right. So, for the record, I think we have enough teams in Blood Bowl. For the record, I would always
0: appreciate another team if it fits. Steve would be fine with
1: 60 teams. I actually would. He he likes the Dreadball model of having a lot of teams. They do have a lot of teams. They
0: do, yeah.
1: And you kind of like that. I like taking teams that exist... And if you want something like I've talked about earlier in this episode, if Doing you want a Corn, a corn team. team, then Spam Frenzy. If you want a Bretonian team, Spam Finn or Fair whatever. Enough. Yeah. Okay, I, I, more than anything, it's you know. And
0: I will say that I showed my team to Brian Hill. Who
1: have we had him on the podcast? I don't think he's ever been. I think he we've never talked has. About him. He's a weirdo. We might have. It's. We've been around so I long. Don't I don't know if we've ever had him on.
0: Anyways, he's one of our league players, or used to be and will be in the future. He's off for baby stuff. but Making them babies. He, no, they already made him. Now he's just trying to keep him from dying.
1: So. Wow. That's what you do as a parent. You're right, but as, that's very directly like, wow. That's what you do. That is your job as a parent. You try to keep kids from dying. You're right. I mean, I don't...
0: Okay. I
1: can't dismiss you because they put everything in their mouth and they... Right. Don't do this. Don't do that. I know. Don't talk to straight. You're right. But people... That's called just parenting. People don't want to hear about dead kids.
0: No, I didn't bring up dead kids. You did. I talked about live kids and trying to keep them that way.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well...
0: You're the one who said dead kids. Okay. Anyways, um, I showed him the team, just kind of to get some feedback, and he said he liked it, but it's not too different from a human or a Norse team, which I countered with the fact of they are humans, so they're going to be kind of, sort of along the same line.
1: Sure, I get that. So,
0: Which it goes with your thing, because he played a pirate team with all pirate models, but used them as Norse.
1: Right, he's also the same guy who wanted a ninja team, mm-hmm. and wanted guys trained in martial arts, so he chose Dark Elves, right, to represent that high agility. Which and makes stuff sense. Like that. so, so
0: that's where he comes from. I happen to just enjoy making teams and seeing them,
1: but yeah. I get I get either side honestly. Right. it's just when you teach the game or like when you want new people to get it, it's hard right. to t- tell them like how to memorize, you know, fifty teams and everything yeah. else. So. But we're going to give this a try anyways. Alright, okay. so I, I have a feeling mean you are already going to have a lot of the same pirate names or rank on the ship. Yeah. There's but, only,
0: because we both I mean, there's only so many positions on a ship.
1: So I'm going to start off first with the the lineman position. The mate. Mine is a 0 to 16. 6 movement. 3 strength. 3 agility. 7 armor. Access to general skills only. But the ability on doubles to get all the other things. So, agility, strength, passing, mutation. Makes sense. Uh, that's what I forgot is uh, to figure out the singles and doubles. That's okay. I don't have everything here. I mean, okay. we're not we're not expert team builders. And how much was it? These guys are 40,000. Makes sense. So they're so just like a thrall. They're pretty much like a thrall. Okay. Um, then the next position up is a rigger and what from I was reading on them they're the, the guys who do the Agility guys who go through the mast and right, make sure everything's up and running. Right, so they have to scramble around the ship, mm-hmm. and it's a very dangerous job. So these are a zero to four positional. Um, they have three movement. I'm sorry. Wow, six they go mo- everywhere. So they have three movements. <laughs> so they have three movement. I thought, what a challenge. They're busy. You know, <laughs> no, they have a six movement, three strength, three agility, eight armor. Um, they come with nerves of steel, sure hands jump up. Now, if you wanted to (laughs) argue that sure hands is not right for them, then I would gladly substitute that with pro because I see these guys as the guys who kind of are jumping around. They kind of know where they're going. I like pro much better. Um, and we don't really have a character that comes with pro. So that's why I went with sure hands first. (laughs) Um, they have access to general and passing with the ability to get strength, agility and mutations on doubles and these guys are 100k. Okay. So you have your really yeah. ragtag guys and then you have these guys next up and then um a zero to a zero to two positional um I, I kind of look at these guys as what a human blitzer would be. Um these are the quartermasters, which I know you probably only have one quartermaster on your ship, but yeah. Anyways, I needed a position. This is where anyway. we differ. So, uh, I have a quartermaster. He has seven movement, three strength, three agility, uh, eight armor, uh, has access to uh, general strength passing, and then can get agility or mutation on doubles. Nice. They, they come with stab because they carry a sword, block and thick skull, and they're hundred 110k. And you can Hmm. only get two of these guys. Okay. So these are the main positions you're going to have. And then I have a couple little extra positions. Uh, Okay. So and there's this, you know, I think you have it on there because I kind of cheated and looked over your shoulder. Oh. You have like a master gunner, I think is what you're calling yours. And I have a master gunner position too, but... Mine is really more in the vein of like a cabin boy or somebody who is the guy lugging the gunpowder powder around the the powder monkey, and that's what I have. Him. Oh, okay. Mine, mine is called the powder monkey. He's a zero to one positional. Um, he has five movement, two strength, three agility, six armor. So he's kind of built like a halfling. Matter of fact, he comes with stunty, secret weapon, bombardier, and sneaky git.
0: I almost made the exact same thing, but I have so many positions (laughs) and stuff that I I cut him. Okay. Uh, It was almost the exact same thing. He only has
1: access to general and doubles on everything else. I have him at 50K. That is probably, I don't know how to to space out the money with Secret Weapon, so I don't know if that's really right or if it should be 60K but that's what I have him. He's he's a young boy who's he's a young. I want to be a pirate mm-hmm. one day. So he has the stunty, but he doesn't have the dodge. So he can he can move around. Right. Uh, he can get hurt more, but he can also throw bombs. So, yeah. And then last but not least, I have. I felt like this team is in the vein of the humans or the Norse mm-hmm. or the Amazons, and I know the Amazons don't have a large monster, but. These teams that have, like, that one large monster option. And I kind of went a little bit of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean here on this since they're traveling the the world and they're pirates. Right. So they befriended kind of this, what I'm calling the sea swab So he's, like, he's kind of probably the dumbest guy on the ship, but he's also the strongest guy.
0: So he's a big guy. So he's
1: a big guy, zero to one. Uh, For tentacles for a mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Tentacles for, yeah, he's uh, from... uh... He's Davy Jones.
0: Yeah. Yeah. However you want to look at it. Okay.
1: He has four movement, five strength, one agility, nine armor, access to strength, and then everything else is on a doubles. He has, and this might be broken, but I see octopus, octopus, octopi, and I see crab guy. So he has tentacles, claw, stupidity thick skull because he's hard-headed yeah. or a thick shell and then he has some regen because he's got that shark cartilage in him Jeez. for 140k that yeah, might be a, might be a little low might be low I, I don't know although my
0: one of my positions is low
1: but the stupidity is really bad yeah claws pretty good tentacles is pretty good so i don't know um re i have set at uh wait so does he get what's his skills Access. Oh, I'm sorry. He has strength access to skills, and everything else is on a double.
0: I would like that better if he had mutation as a single, and everything else is a double. Because that would kind of justify the level of price, because mutation is not as good.
1: So just a natural mutation?
0: A natural muter,
1: yeah. That would be different. Because we, it's We've never seen that. Right. Yeah. And it kind of fits with the character. Sure, because there's a lot of creepy, crawly Cthulhu things in the ocean mm-hmm. that we eat on sushi that we probably shouldn't be doing. Yeah. We're going to get it one day. Um, rerolls okay. are 70000
0: Hey, I did that too.
1: Just because they're pirates, man. They right. can't get along. Exactly. And I think we took a little bit different approach here, but we'll talk about yours in a second. I just took Star Players from the book. Oh, okay. Um, I, I made some. And that's fine too. Yep. I mean... I'm Could have easily done something like that. It's begging for like a Davy Jones or some type of character, you know. Uh, So I went with Sinbad because he's a pirate. He is. Morg because he plays everywhere. Right. Uh, Bomber Dribblesnot because his model wears a pirate hat. This is true. So he could be a little goblin annoying pirate guy. Mm -hmm. And besides, I see the pirates kind of as a ragtag bunch of pirates. So... These guys could probably tag along, and a lot of the theme here is secret weapons. Uh, Fez Glitch, the crazy um, oh nice yeah scaven guy that mm-hmm. with the ball and chain. Um, Horkin, I can't pronounce his name. Horkin, Heart, Heart Ripper, the Dark Elf with Does the stabbies. Have? Yeah, um, Dark Elves are supposedly known in the old fluff of the Warhammer. You know that they travel the seas mm-hmm. and they have their own pirate ships. My Dark so Elf like team that. is your Dark on pirate ship, or yeah, themed off the pirates. So, Harkon Heart Ripper, yeah, he kind of looks pirate. Yeah, I mean, they would listen to him. And an assassin would be on a pirate ship, exactly. Yeah, and then that that scoundrel Zarg Mad Eye. That guy sounds like a pirate. And I wanted to get some type of little chaos dwarf, little evil jerk on there. He's the bombardier? He's the one that has the like. He's the chaos dwarf with the like the um, the gun, the blunderbuss. The blunderbuss, yes.
0: So, is it the one with the accurate and stuff? No, he does far
1: blast. So he's a bombardier, right? Well, he doesn't throw bombs. He can. He can. He's like the. Uh, barrack Farblast is the the good, good one. dwarf oh, okay. bazooka. This guy's the blunderbust, okay. but the same effect. This guy has four strength though. Yeah, three agility, and he him? has like sure hands. I've used him plenty of times. Okay when I played cast dwarves and for inducements, but you, he has secret weapon as well. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. usually I just use him to pick up the ball and trot down the field mm-hmm. four spaces at, <laughs> at a time. But you know, if you want to grind out the half, he's good to have. So those are my six star players that can go with these pirates. So the way I see it, your
0: team is more of a, a pirate in that is being employed by the old world people. To hunt down the pirates, sounds like you have a bigger ship than I do because you got bigger, more positions, and oh, like sh- you, your captain and your bosun and that are off actually doing ship stuff,
1: right? So yeah, my thing was is I thought about doing a captain position like how they did right. back in the old some of the old books they did like a v- vampire lord, right? But I thought no, the coach is the captain, so I'm going to put him out there. Okay. And that's that's kind of the way I went. I kind of figured it up the math, and I just did it really quick. But I was able to get like you know twelve guys. I think twelve guys and an apothecary and like two re rolls for you know a million.
0: I think mine, you can get most positions and a couple re rolls for like a million, million one something like that. Right. So that's why I tried. I
1: don't know how well this would work, but it was so, kind. It was kind of fun doing it.
0: My team, um, like I said, it's going with more of a smaller uh, ship, so there's not multiple quartermasters and stuff. Uh, my 0 to 16 position is also a mate. It's 50K, 6338,
1: done. A human lineman. My team
0: is more hardened than yours. Okay. The stronger, the tougher, is how I see it. Okay. Um, I have a swabby position, but I'll get to that last. Uh, my next one is Gunner zero to two. He's six three three seven with nerves of steel. Okay, so nothing amazing. He's seventy. Um, this would my idea was more of along the uh, the uh,
1: basically your
0: your ball handler type. So he'd have agility in passing.
1: So he's six three three seven with yeah. nerves. Of, starts with nerves of steel? Yeah. Okay. Because they're pirates. That's kind of a cool idea. A quarterback, you know. So Right. And they can be positional. Gunner, he guns yeah. the ball around. I got, that's cool. Because
0: it's the same. They're the regular gunners who are moving stuff around the ship. You know, getting stuff, going sure. to the low deck and stuff. Okay. So, like I said, I, had, I thought of a powder monkey, but I didn't go that route. Uh, my next one is my favorite position. Zero to two is the rigger. So, smaller ship. I only have two. You had four. Okay. Seven, two, three, nine. Whoa. Dodge, sidestep, and jump up. So, they're 110. And they'd have agility access only. And then everything else is doubles. So, they're like your catchers. They are absolutely the catchers. Okay. With built-in dodge, sidestep, and jump up. The armor might be a little high, and it is really high. But I figured it counteracts the two strength and their pirates. So they're, the riggers, I figure, are used to falling down from all the heights. You know, you don't, you don't do the rigging without falling down a lot or knowing how to fall down. Okay. So it kind of takes that into consideration. Maybe not the high armor, but they know how to fall.
1: So say that one more time for me.
0: Seven, two, three, nine. Dodge, sidestep, and jump up. And they I know general I, access. No, they'd have agility, just agility, and everything else would be on, on doubles. Doubles, okay. And 110 might be a little low. Probably is a little low. So maybe bring down an armor or something. I don't know. Okay, it's just neat. And then we get a couple of unique positions: the the boatswain or the bosun, uh, He's a zero to one, seven three three eight with pro, wrestle and stab for one hundred K. Okay. He's basically the guy who tries to keep everybody in, in charge or in order. And he's you know, the guy you leave him back to take people down. And if he wants to stab somebody he can, or he can wrestle him, or he can do whatever he needs to because he has pro. I thought it too would be kinda of neat if somebody had a starting pro. Then the the biggest guy for the team As a roster position, is the quartermaster. Just one, zero to one position. 120, again, probably too low. I didn't have a chance to really, I didn't have a chance. I just didn't uh, do this. Leader, Stand Firm, and Juggernaut. 5 4 2 9.
1: 5 4? Too too
0: many Christmas. Oh, 5 4 2 9. 4 strength, 2 agility, 9 armor. Okay, so it doesn't like a, move much. So but, it's like a faster black orc. Mm, but he starts with leader. Leader. Because right. he is the leader of the ship.
1: And you just get one of those.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it kind of negates anyone else from having to get leader. And if you take him off, then the sh- the team doesn't do as well. Okay. Um, and then stand firm in Juggernaut because he knows how to maneuver around the ship. He gets to the edge, doesn't matter. It's still his ship. He knows what he's doing.
1: Right, and then he can... Not go down as easy with Juggernaut. Right. So. Okay. So that's my main positions.
0: Okay. I thought,
1: of a, I thought up
0: a swabby because I wanted a position like this one didn't get fleshed out as much as I wanted because I couldn't figure out how I wanted to do it. I really like the idea of giving them a skill kind of like Nurgle's Rot where if they kill somebody, they take them prisoner. They make it look like they died, but they actually kidnap them and put them on their team. Right, okay. So then they're in shackles and they're not as strong or whatever because now they, they don't really care about fighting. But if they need to, they can. Okay. So the initial idea was this was a zero to four position that you can't buy. You can only get by killing somebody and taking them hostage.
1: <laughs> That's funny because before I came up with the C-swab, because I mm-hmm. really wanted to use the name as a, like a swabby or swab, I wanted to do a zero f- four positional with like a, just a crappy human. You know, like that is what this is. Like a two strength, two agility. I just go on the line and get my butt
0: kicked. Five, two, two, seven.
1: Wow. Okay. Dauntless and pro. Wow. Okay. That's really cool. So dauntless they are and weak, pro, but they and have a they chance. Can't
0: agility. But if they need to take somebody down, there's a chance they can do it.
1: And dauntless if, and what else? Pro. Hmm. So it
0: kind of works together. Okay. How much? Free. Like I said, you can only get them by killing people.
1: Okay, but they have to have a value for the roster. Oh, yeah, I guess they would. Um,
0: well. Probably 70. Okay. I wrote, because I kind of tweaked it in 60, 70, something like that. Hmm. So that's kind of the main team, and then, like I said, I, I did star players. I made my own, but I made them still related to the team.
1: All right, let's give them to me.
0: <sighs> so I wanted an even worse position than Swabi because swabis are your... Guys who don't really want to be there, but they are, and they just kind of swab the deck, and they're low-level people. I made a cabin boy as a star player. He is someone who is worthless. Is he like Chris Elliott? He is Chris Elliott. Okay. Kind of. Six, one, (laughs) two, six. With loner, dodge, sidestep, and diving tackle. Loner? Dodge, sidestep. And diving Diving tackle. tackle. He's a crappy snotling. He's a better snotling. But he doesn't have the twitchy or the stunty. Okay. Um, But he's 50k. I wanted something that is just enough that if you had 50k, you could take a baby him. Okay. It's kind of worthless. I really don't think he would ever get chosen. (laughs) But sidestep and diving tackle is annoying. I thought about putting dodge on there, but I think Mm. that would be too powerful. I don't know.
1: That's Chris Elliott. I mean, who wouldn't want to play the Chris (laughs) Elliott's?
0: Just kind of a dumb thing to do. Okay. Uh, The next one is Master Gunner. So we had the Gunners, but now we have the actual Master Gunner, who is three three six, with Loner, Bombardier, and Hail Mary. And he's Mm. 120. Wow. So if you want to just sit him back and he's taking pot shots at people, do it. If you need somebody to pick up the ball and run, you can still do it. And if you want to get close and throw the uh, people, go for it. But he's just anywhere he needs to be. He can be in the crow's nest or in the back, just being annoying.
1: That would be annoying.
0: And S- then, Send
1: somebody down and hit that dude. Yeah, pretty
0: much. And then my final one, <clears throat> I, I, I thought of doing a sea monster, but I was trying to keep it more as an actual ship. And the actual crew, and I wouldn't figure they would be able to actually hold the monster itself. Okay. So I have the captain, or Captain Jack, or Captain whoever you want, you didn't want to name him, just the captain.
1: Captain Morgan. Or Captain Morgan. For all those alcoholics out there. He's 220,
0: but he might be cheap. Okay. 5539, with Loner, Frenzy, Stand Firm, and Pro. So I wanted him to be like the quartermaster, but better. Okay. So he's stronger, he's more agile, and he's got frenzy and pro and stand firm.
1: Because he's drunk, that's why he's got frenzy.
0: Yeah, but no juggernaut. So he might get mad at you and throw you off the side of the deck, but he's still going to have to stand firm to make sure that you don't go off. He doesn't go off. That's cool. So that was more along my lines. Not bad. I think we could put our teams together and make two nice pirate teams.
1: We probably could. We-
0: but I think it, this, to me, it sounds like I have the smaller ship and you have. Dude,
1: this is where we do our Kickstarter. We make a pirate team like that hasn't been done before. I'm pretty sure there's. Some-
0: we could do. We could do that. Anybody who would we'll just have Johnny uh, make his, after his frogs, we can give him some pirate ideas and he can get it with Pedro Ramos and <laughs> <laughs> we'll have it go through um, Iron Golems and. All we want is free teams and money. Well, money's cool. Money's cool, but free teams is better.
1: <clears throat> I, I would think working with Pedro Ramos would just be cool. That itself. would, yeah. But well, that's cool.
0: Anything else on the making a team? Um, Anything you like or dislike about mine?
1: <sighs> Yours is kind of a little bit more out there. That's for sure. Yeah, I like the idea. You seem to be rocking a lot of pro, so you kind of rely on... Luck. A little bit of, yeah, pirate's luck or whatever you want to say. Dead man's hand or any of those little terms. You almost could go 80,000 on re-rolls. Yeah, I thought about that. Because your guys come with pro.
0: And the one guy has leader already. Right. So, and I wouldn't, I would have no problem with that.
1: I think, I think our both... Oh, both of our ideas aren't too really too bad. It's yeah. just two different styles of pirates.
0: Yeah, and I chose not to do the new skill because I tried to keep everything with the original skills, but I did like the idea of just kidnapping people and putting them on your roster for free.
1: No, I think that's a really cool idea. I mean, that's that's a different approach. Yeah. <laughs> because I wanted to do something really very similar to that too, but I, I wanted to stick with only the five positionals. Sure. Which is kind of crazy anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no one's ever said that we were logical. So, you out there, tell us what you think about our pirate teams. Maybe you have a pirate team idea. Tell me that mine is better than
0: Scott's. Or lie and tell Scott that his is better than mine.
1: Right, that's what we want to (laughs) hear. We want to know who's the best, but we don't want to hear who's bad. Right. Let's Let's just make up a roster and fight it out. On a pirate ship. Okay, well, that is what we're going to be doing. <laughs> how cool would that be? I, I
0: have absolutely no problem with this. Okay, we'll have the episode up a couple of weeks. Uh, get us your thoughts on both rosters. Let us know how to improve them. Anything we can. Uh, we'll put up the rosters on the website. We can do that, right? Uh, what do you mean? Like, just have it show what we, what we said so they can find it. We'll post it to the forums or something. We could
1: make a... Yeah, we could we put could. it in Excel and make a PDF or something okay. of it. Put so
0: it we will have our rosters. We'll give everyone, what, two weeks? Two, three weeks? Well, it'll probably be later than that. But we will listen to your suggestions. We will flesh out two separate teams of Pirates, one for Steve, one for Scott. And if you well, want, Why so- are
1: we listening to them? Because they're going to say, like... Well we still have final say. Because everybody thinks you're the guy who like, oh thanks Steve for sending me dice and I don't get any credit for any of that stuff. You you don't do any of it. <laughs>
0: you don't email people, you don't send them stuff. You I'm part of the podcast. You are part of the podcast,
1: absolutely. Without without me, there is no podcast. This is true, absolutely. There is. It's just not a good podcast. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. I mean, as the main guy though, I need I need Tweets that say, thank you, Scott, and Steve. Okay. I'm just giving you more time. I, no one cares. That's fine. I know no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few people who care.
0: Uh, anyway, so.
1: No, I think that's a cool I idea. I think
0: we will play this team on a pirate ship and figure out who's his best, and we'll record it, and everybody can listen.
1: We need to let Alan design the pirate ship, just on like a piece of uh, phone core. He would love that. And then we'll just kind of draw it out. It'll be really crude. Yeah. But he could design this, the, the 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 pitch. That way, it, neither one of us are slanted towards like we made up our own pitch.
0: Okay. I'm cool with that.
1: Or we could just set out a field, and then we could tell him place objects where okay, it, so the stuff is.
0: We're going yeah. with our pirate teams. People are more than welcome to send in suggestions, names, however you want. Um, We will... Let's go ahead and give it until the next episode, because that'll probably be the middle of next month anyways.
1: So we're going to shoot to play our game after the next episode?
0: Yes. Okay. We'll finalize everything for the next episode. And then, so we also... Off the cuff fun right here. (laughs) We want uh, to hear feedback onto which rules and if we need to tweak anything on the pirate rules. I would say at this point... We need to do a little bit like change the fan factor to fame and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to go with these 2003 annual ones. Yeah. Unless somebody easy. really gives, points us in the right direction. No.
0: Um, and then, yeah, we'll have a pirate-off.
1: Pirate-off.
0: or For the booty. Will and Gabriel, this is all your fault. Yeah. If they didn't do a pirate-themed tournament, we wouldn't have a pirate-themed episode, and we wouldn't be agreeing to having
1: a pirate-off. Yeah, I don't even really like pirates, to be honest with you. I think they're cool. They're they're dirty. They are. They all smell like butt. I would not know. I mean, they they probably stink. They're like homeless people.
0: They have a home. It just is like a giant shopping cart.
1: Around fish? Yeah. Yeah, it can't smell good. And I'm not being degrading to homeless people. I'm just saying. Or pirates. Or pirates. I mean. Yeah. Just saying that they don't probably have showers on it. but Oh, I'm sure not. No. No. And all day
0: in the hot sun, just baking. Yeah. Putting tar on the,
1: I don't know, pitch on the planks. I don't know I what to do. Know. All right. So we're not going to bathe either for a month. No. Nope, so not not like agreeing pirates, to that. No. And we're going to eat fish. We're going to do Long John Silvers? Yes. Yes, we are. No, I cannot do no, that. No, we are. Steve, we've, we've already discussed this.
0: We get once a year. We have not done it this year.
1: Oh God! That's like asking for the poops. We can do Captain D's if you can find one. Mm, we'll talk about this further. Okay. <laughs> well,
0: we can just get good fish and chips or something.
1: All right. Let's wrap up the segment. Oh
0: God! We better we better wrap it up before we start talking, saying we have to talk like pirates and dress like pirates and all that. So, <laughs> don't send in those suggestions. We can easily veto them when we're not talking. Arg. Hey, we'll be back to show.
4: Hear ye, hear ye. By royal decree of His Highness King Benjamin Burton Choir, the Kingdom of Kansas City, located in the lands of misery, is hosting an NAF-sanctioned Blood Bowl tournament of Opulent Excess, the Royal Open. This will be a three-round tournament starting at 10 a.m. on June 18th, hosted by Tabletop Games and Hobby of Overland Park. Prospective coaches will be given 1.2 million crowns to hire players and staff, as well as an additional 150,000 crowns for skills. 200,000 for those stunty buggers. King BBQ loves to see expensive star players. So any star player costing over 250,000 automatically gains fan favorite. Additional rule information can be found on the Royal Open Facebook page. All attending coaches will receive a set of royal dice and a barbecue lunch catered into the store. Awards will be given for a variety of prizes, with the top players receiving actual crowns as their prize. Minor award winners will be given generous land deeds from the king himself. Entry into the tournament is $30, which includes the lunch, $10 in store credit for pre-registrants, which can be used towards snacks, games, or whatever you fancy, and free entry into peasant Ball. Speaking of which, for folks planning to stay the weekend in the kingdom, Tabletop Games and Hobby will be hosting the Peasant Bowl on Sunday, June 19th, starting at 11 a.m. It'll be a three-round, NAF-sanctioned Street Bowl tournament. A great, super-violent end to the weekend. Interested coaches can email the tournament organizer at KCBloodbowl at gmail.com.
0: And now it's time for everyone's favorite part of the podcast. What's up? Shoutouts! You can't steal that. I didn't. That was you. No, that was not. That me. was you. Because I go shoutouts. Yeah.
1: See, see, that was you. That I wouldn't do that. Of course you wouldn't. That right. was, I, I am shocked that you did that because that's so unlike you. Why? It's because you're fresh out of the shower. You're like all. You're all frisky. It's both down after dark, baby. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. So first off, I'm going to, uh, since we did have a few days in between recordings, uh, I was able to get some questions in to Rick with um, Iron Golems, who do the Pro Box Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and uh, if you haven't looked at it, it's really cool with the box. It's two dugouts and everything, like I said.
1: Pro Box! Pro Box!
0: Yeah, I can't do it now. <laughs> um, So, my first question to him was, you have a list of unlockable stretch goals. If the goals are not met, are you still going to offer the items? And particularly, I was worried about being able to purchase additional players to finish off the teams. And he stated that they always try to do their best, and they're not leaving anyone hanging. I'm I'm paraphrasing because his English isn't the perfect, isn't the perfect, like the mine is. Like yours is. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, he said, that said, the campaign structure has a reason behind it, and they need funds to produce the product. So they actually want to hope that everything keeps going as well as now, well as it is now. And he said that in their last campaign, at uh, the beginning, the things, the goals seemed to be unreachable. But by the end, they were running out of things to add. And you were part of that, right? The, the dwarves? Yes. And at the end, they kept going higher and higher, and yeah, the iron forgers, yeah, that was the name, yeah, okay, and he hopes that this time something similar will happen anyways, if they don't reach the stretch goals, his priority will be to get the remaining miniatures for the base teams done, which isn't a big deal, right. um, you know, it'd just be nice to have all of them as part of it, so <laughs> if you're out there, go and buy into this and uh then the next question was, the cases under the dugouts haven't been shown clearly. As far as I could tell, they couldn't, I didn't see any well, pictures. I, I didn't know either. And I was wanting to know how many figures can fit in each one, and if they're going to be customized or if they're plucked foam, as in if they make them pulled out already or if you just do it yourself. And he, sta- he stated that each of the two foam trays have room for 15 standard miniatures, 25 by 50 millimeter slots, And three bigger slots, 60 by 50 millimeter for big guys, tokens or dice and however. And they have the depth of 32 millimeters. And the idea is that you can carry two full teams and all the stuff you need inside the pro box. They will come pre-cut in the configuration. And they don't have plans to make custom trays at the moment, but say that their size is very similar to other brands' trays. And he actually provided us a blueprint for it. Hmm. And we'll put that up on the website, okay. if I remember to give it to Scott. And uh, it looks pretty cool. Like, you can put all your figures on there. If you have a bigger team, like I said, you can probably go out and buy a different one to put in there. Or, realistically, if you're taking this to a tournament, it's just going to be all your stuff anyways. And you have both boxes, so you can fully put a team and all your miniatures right. and sideline figures and dice. And That's cool. All kinds of stuff, So uh, then we were talking about uh, the choice of teams, and humans are pretty standard. I asked him why he chose dark elves instead of the traditional Orc. I prefer the dark elves, because I'm not a huge Orc, orc guy despite being in Oklahoma. And he goes, "There are three reasons. First of all, he's in conversations with Pedro Ramos to make an Orc team. But he's very busy right now, and it wouldn't be in time for the Kickstarter. So he's eventually they're going to have an Orc team, probably also for Kickstarter, by Pedro Ramos, which will be awesome, um, but not in time for the Pro box, so they had to choose another team. For that, uh, their choice was to find something that had a lot to offer, make from some good sculpts, and it wasn't a whole lot out there that people were really able to find. There's really not a whole lot of Dark Elf teams out there. There's, you know, the Succubus ones, and there's a lot of female ones, but not actually just regular Dark Elves. In my
1: opinion, there's, and please don't get offended with this, but there's some Dark Elf teams out there, but I don't like the models. Right. And that's understandable. It's, it's each each their own. Some people don't like my third edition
0: models, so... Exactly. He uh, said the third reason was his first team back in the late 80s was a Dark Elf team called the Blackfire Chevaliers. I assume that's how it's said. He's Spanish, I don't know. Uh, So he said, face it, when he started a miniatures company, there are always reasons like this behind it. So he gets to make his own team. That's awesome. Good for him. Uh, Next, uh, I asked him about the possibility of making custom boards because they're including one board... And a stretch goal is another board. They're printed on both sides. So it'll be like four pitches. And uh, they're not looking into doing anything customizable at the moment. But they will be nice and we'll try to see what they can do in the future. But nothing right now. And then if there's any hints on the next campaign, he wouldn't give anything up. Shut your face,
1: Steve. Pretty
0: much. Uh, He said that they're a small company, so he's just trying to focus on the current stuff. But since, you know, he dropped the orc stuff. I'm guessing there's probably a future one. And I asked him if there's anything else that he'd like us to know or to tell people. And he says that he's put a lot of effort into the project during the last year and a half. And it bears fruit because the the PDF of the, the trays, it says, has a date. And I think it was last year, last May. Hmm. So he's been putting this into a long time. And he said it's possible maybe to do better stadium cases, better re- resin scenery, or maybe even better teams, but for overall for the product it's very good, resistant carrying case, very good looking scenery, scenery, dugout and stadium, a fully functional magnetic scoreboard with two great teams for a very tight price, probably fine price. And we're only able to off- offer due to the Kickstarter pro uh, campaign. And in short, he just that's what he wants to do. Trying to put out good product and it looks awesome. Like I said, I'm in
1: for the full, you know, top level. Of course you are. Well, you don't have those teams. That's okay. I'm I'm looking forward to playing on your stadium.
0: Yeah, and I thought it'd be cool, just like I said, to have something to take to tournaments and show off. And seems like a great guy. He's put out. Qu- I, honestly, looking at the dwarf team, is why I'm doing it. Because that dwarf team, everybody who's gotten it has loved him. Oh, I agree. So and after having that, I was like, "Well, this will be cool."
1: If I had some extra money, I'd probably get this too. Yeah, but knowing that you're going to get it, I, I still think I'm going to regret not getting it. Yeah, but, well, I mean, maybe he'll do another one of these. Oh, Honestly, might. if this one's this one goes well, you would think maybe he'll do. Different pitches with different teams going forward, and oh, easily, yeah. You know like what I'm a so like, pro box accessories pack. So, what if the next set was? Um,
0: so you could do orcs and goblins with a custom pitch for each side, well, you know, or
1: skaven and orcs or whatever. Right, yeah. I mean, but and a custom pitch every side, and that would allow new players to get like two teams. That would be neat, and some custom pitches, you know. Yeah. So, and honestly, like <laughs> I said, for two hundred bucks, you're getting a
0: carrying case. A pitch with two sides, so two pitches, and two teams, and all the scenery stuff, and block dice, and D6, it's everything you need for two people to play.
1: Sure, I, I agree. I think it's a great deal. Uh, I will find it's going to be interesting within the next uh, year and a half, when we find out how, how big the bowl um, pitch is going to uh, be In from Games Workshop.
0: I don't think it really matters. No is matter it? what they do, most people are just going to stay on the same stuff.
1: If you, we want you, to play in a GW that.
0: store, we might have to adhere to the new sizes. Right. But,
1: Well, cool. I'm glad that he got back to you, though. Yeah.
0: Well, he got back really fast. I was glad to... We chatted some more. And it seemed really nice. Did you ask him how his day went? Uh, his day went very well. Okay. Uh, he was busy the night that I tried to get information, but uh, he was able to reply the next day.
1: Well, you didn't send him any like naughty pictures, did you?
0: No, I try not to. Okay. That's good. I saved that for my fans. Yay. That's nobody.
1: That's why they love you. Nobody Little walkie. You say little. <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean tiny. <laughs> what well, other shout outs you got there, buddy?
0: Well, um, I do owe a shout out to Phil Bonerick. It's a correction. It's a correction from a long time ago though. We were discussing the board the uh game expansion sudden death. Correct. Remember? Mm-hmm. And I kept saying Sudden Impact instead of Sudden Death, and I was getting them confused.
1: And I think I referenced something about Jean-Claude Van Damme. Right.
0: That Sudden Impact was a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie? Nope. Sudden Impact was a Dirty Harry movie. Hmm. Jean-Claude Van Damme did Sudden Death and Double Impact. I'm so that is why we were
1: confused. Okay. Well, I've never seen Sudden Impact, that's for sure. Right.
0: So, Phil was going back and re-listening to stuff, and he just wanted to fill it in. Wasn't there a lot of Dirty Harry movies? Uh, I think this was the fifth one. So yeah. There's five of them? Mm-hmm. I've never seen any of them. I'm so sure at least I've we ought some. to do
1: one more of those. That would be cool. One final Dirty Harry thing. And he well, he dies- just goes
0: off and kills everybody.
1: And then dies at the end.
0: Dirty Harry versus aliens.
1: Or it could be like Dirty Harry, Triple X, and then it could be... Dirty Harry. Day, really hairy dirty. Hairy and dirty. Hairy <laughs> and Dirty. Ugh. no i'm surprised they haven't thought that i mean that's true oh well yeah well thank you phil for uh, paying attention to details and re-listening to our episodes we really appreciate that so yeah it's nice to get feedback from somebody who's listening to them all again and talking about how great we are
0: it's the second person who's doing that you want to give out a shout out to the other one who we know is listening to tim walker tim walker indeed Tim Walker loves our podcast. He was so happy he got mentioned on Slipcast.
1: Well, I mean, we, you know, he was
0: like not as happy as when we mentioned him, but you know.
1: Well, of course, because right. we're the first best podcast. But we. We're not the first, but we are the best. I was a little disappointed in the latest episode of Slipcast. I don't think we got a mention. We might have, but like. I'm sure we did at some point, yeah. There's usually always a couple
0: of references. It's not always about us. On our show, it's about us. On other shows, it's I'm, I'm a
1: little disappointed that we don't get talked about too often from the podcast over in England. Oh. oh. Anything but a wand doesn't talk about us, and Double Skulls doesn't mention us. They've mentioned us. <laughs>
0: they may be mentioning us more in the future. I, w- I want to dun, be, dun, dun, yeah. be
1: mentioned every on every other podcast that does Blood Bowl. Yeah. Because I'm like, look at me. I'm the pretty girl. You're not a pretty girl. Like me on Facebook. Okay. I, I will. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm just giving him a hard time.
0: Uh, another shout out for uh, Major Tusk, Andy Welton, who's actually holding a tournament in Urbandale, Iowa, just outside of Des Moines on May 16th for MomCon, which is Muse on Miniscom. Mm, MomCon. Probably heard this on SlurpCast. And they made mom jokes. So, um,
1: That's the natural place to go.
0: I, it is. I mean, how, how can you not? Major yeah.
1: Tuss probably loves the moms. He's like, give me some of that mom. Yeah. I'm going a, I'm to a film that on my channel, on my whatever channel. CrippledSystem.com. Is that a real thing? Yeah, it's where their podcast is. Okay, CrippledSystem.com. That's yeah. where he does it. He's like, yeah. give me a mom, I'll rough her up.
0: But we'll have a link for that on our website as well, in our show notes. And uh, you should have already heard our advertisement for Royal Open, June 16th in Kansas City. Which Scott is going to because it's free barbecue?
1: I'm not going. You suck, dude. Let me tell you who
0: sucks. Everybody who's putting tournaments on the weekends that I have my kids. Because my kids are so important, (laughs) I can't change one weekend. Because that'll drive them
1: insane. Yep, pretty much. Okay, I'm glad we have got that figured out. (laughs) This is such an easy choice for the guy with no children. That he takes care of. Right. They know of. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, whatever. Some of us have priorities. I, I know that. It's it's good that you get out and make new friends. Mm hmm. <laughs> sure. What do you mean?
0: That's fine. You just stay here at home and not do anything because you're sad and you have kids. Right. So sad.
1: I'll, I'll sleep in your bed while you're gone.
0: So, I need to get another lock for the door. Got it. <laughs> another lock. Um, oh, and then I guess the last thing is the Iron Golems does end May 5th. So, kind of need to get your pledges in on that one.
1: So, by the time this is out, you have about two days. <sighs> this should be out <laughs> well before that. Well, we hope. It should be. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see how it goes. We might be dodging weather all week. Let's hope not. But uh, Let's not get into that. No, let's not do that. So, uh, what else? What else we got to talk about? That's it. So, uh, shout out to Joseph Roberts, who you've already shouted out before we run into the con, but he was... I don't know if I mentioned it, but he's doing the Empire Cup or whatever it's called, but... um, It's not that. Empire Brawl. Nope, not at all. It's called the Royal Open Cup. There you go. Is that right? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Empire was was Zuckerman. He was asking me about uh, Fortune and Glory on uh, Facebook cuz I posted some pictures of oh, him the playing. game, yeah. yeah. So if you like Indiana Jones and you like to roll lots of dice for everything you do including moving and passing tests and then laughing at your friends when they fail those things Fortune and Glory is like playing Alan Quartermain and Lost Cities of Gold in a box. I really liked it. So Cool. I'm just giving a shout out to a game that's like Five six years old that's well, not bad but um really on
0: podcast for a game that is 30 years old
1: <laughs> that's true so uh um, i told joseph instead of him buying it he needs to play it first so we've got a tentative game for around nuffling time you know what you could do i could go up to, could the, go up to the, the royal Tournament. open cup and take it with me right
0: we can go the day before hang out okay. go to the negro league museum oh I'd we lo- can i would actually love to do eat that barbecue Play a tournament on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Eat barbecue. Sunday, wake up, eat barbecue. Okay, and then come back. Hmm.
1: Maybe and next stop year? for barbecue. <laughs> Maybe. Dude, I, I wouldn't have a problem at all with that. No, uh, I, I don't know the last time I went. Like I've had barbecue too much lately. It does not exist.
0: <laughs> we had barbecue today. Smoked
1: meat, That's
0: sir. Right. It's surely you, jest. <laughs>
1: I think that wraps everything up, man. I I know I'm probably forgetting any, anything, but um, shout out to Will and Gabriel once again for running a great tournament. Uh, we had a lot of fun, and um, get us feedback on our team. Somebody pointed out today I was playing Allen in our our league matchup, which I won two to nothing because
0: you kept breaking armor on dwarves. <laughs>
1: it didn't help that
0: you casually like five of them.
1: Yeah, it helped. Anyways, uh, Alan mentioned that, like, he's like, does any other podcast, you know, you guys got first and second. He's Mm -hmm. like, has any other podcast done that at a tournament? And I was like, not that I know of. And I said, actually, we've done that twice now. Yeah. And he's like, oh, there's definitely not a podcast that's done that. So basically what Alan's saying is maybe we should start a spinoff podcast where we talk about strategies. And I'm joking. I jest. Wow. Course I
0: okay, so uh, strategy for elves, I guess take sidestep on everybody because uh, it came
1: in really handy <laughs> and then knock people off the boat and uh, get angry and pissed the whole day and get and have to, you know, listen to music to calm your inner beast. And Don't
0: care about the game. Care about the food.
1: Dude, that's a great slogan. That's our logo. That's, that's great. Both
0: down. Don't care about the game. Care, care about, about the, the food. food.
1: That's That's a t-shirt.
0: No, it's not. It could be. If you want that T-shirt, let me know. I'll make it for you.
1: (laughs) I might have to get one of those for Chaos Cup. That'd be awesome. Anyways, we are rambling on. Get back with us on the Pirate Challenge, and we'll see you in a couple weeks with another new boat down.
2: Both Down is brought to you by Wizards Asylum, your premier source for comics and games in Norman, Oklahoma. Check them out online at their new home, wizardsnorman.com. You can follow Both Down on Twitter, at Both Down. You can follow Scott at Fat Finley, F-A-T-F-I-N-L-E-Y, and Steve at killawog 2814 If you'd like to email, their email address is BothDownPodcast at gmail.com. Or for more information, you can visit them at BothDown.com or on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash BothDown. Like a pirate and give me that booty. Treat me like a pirate and give me that treaty. Treat me like a pirate and treat me like a pirate and treat me like a pirate and give me that mm-hmm. you Yo, a hoy, I see a cutie. Mm-hmm. Freaky little thing with her treasure booty. Yeah, fine, dime, honey, so I think she kinda snooty. I don't really care, I just wanna see her booty. Catching floors hit a village and plunder. uh I'm in for that booty, then I'm going down under That's Sword, not to kill, but to pleasure, deep sea diving, searching for her treasure okay. I'm a debonair, bucking it with no fear, I want what I want, right now give it here Baby, with this stretchy dance, tall 11 dear, gonna bring it to the floor girl, let me see your rear, like, thirsty blows, blow, thirsty blows, walk the plank, plank, go over your toes, show me your treasure, chest, move it around, baby, get ready, it's a bitch cha 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 For your battleship And when I bomb it I'ma make the whole thing flip And when I sink it, I'm gonna thank her She's my first mate Packing hard on my hate I'm a pirate But slaying is my game of trade I'm in the deep sea Searching for a mermaid And when I find her She's gonna be my cannon And we're gonna battle Till I am the last one standing Now, 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 now are you ready? To be my little lady. I don't like using source cause I think like I'm a shady. I don't, don't want to get you ceases, so you need to keep it steady. When my missiles hit, you gonna change your name to one I betty. He hey, hey. that, that she blows, that she blows. Walk the pancake, go grab your toes. Show me your treasure, let me smack your barrel. I want to feel your juices seeping through my bone. Treat me like a pirate and give me that booty. Treat me like a pirate and give me that booty. Treat me like a pirate. Find that map, X marks the spot, to the thing, that's a fact. Cause once I find that treasure, your booty, I'ma measure. Then we set sail to my bag, call me Clutter. Now, now, now tell me how you're living, my future misgivings. Her thighs so thick, she kicks mules for a living. See, I rap and I say for my team, Michael Bivens. Never in my booty or a smile, that's a gift. I sail the seven C's because I never stop her. That treasure's so big, it fits in Davy Jones' locker. When you board my ship, I got a no hand salute. I hope you don't mind, I'm in my birthday suit. Uh oh. She blows, now Th- she, Th- she, Th- she blows. Walk the plank, Walk the plank. Touch, touch your touch toes. toes. Show, me your Show me your treasure. You do whatever. you do whatever. Only you can do it better. Just treat me like a pirate and give me that booty. booty. Treat me like, <laughs> me like a pirate and give me that <inaudible> booty. <inaudible> me that. Treat me like a pirate and treat me like a pirate. Treat me like a pirate and give me that booty. Treat me like a pirate.